Geek Vibes Live is rated G for Geek. Hey, this is Matt Lesher. This is Phil Lamar. Hey, this is Robin Taylor, a.k.a. The Penguin Gotham, and you are listening to Geek Vibes Live! And here we go. Welcome! This is long awaited to an all-new episode of Geek Vibes Live. Uh, we've been going for a while, but we've been doing so many other podcasts, so, you know, you guys had to give us a break. But we are back. We are back with the OG crew, um, and this week we have some really cool topics we want to break down, some a little bit more uh, somewhat emotional, but bear with us. We'll, we'll get you guys through it. Um, but first, let me introduce my amazing panel, starting off with Tia. What's going on, Tia? Hello, everyone. I just, like, maybe 10 minutes before this podcast finished my review for the first episode of season two for All Mankind made myself coffee, and then went into the bathroom to see that my dog uh, used the bathroom all over the floor. So it's it's been a fun prior 10 minutes to this. Uh... He looked up when he said that, like, don't be telling my business. Don't, don't be telling my business like that. Like, as soon as you said that, he just popped up like, oh, for real, that's how you're going to do me? All these people? Um, <laughs> so it was me just pretty much running around before this and then I text Juan going all right I'm ready and he's like well no now you gotta give me a few minutes I'm like well thanks <laughs> I I legit just got um my information back from my tax guy and I'm like I know me uh since we've started um doing the Marvel Cinematic Review on Saturdays my Saturdays are dedicated to putting on my tinfoil hat and going deep into WandaVision. So I'm like, I didn't want to forget to do it. So I'm like, let me do it now that I see his email. Um, and I legit was like, all right, I got a few more minutes till eight. And I was like, something in my body was like, T is going to be early. And I was like, don't be early. <laughs> and she texted me, I was like, ah! Um, but no, we are here, guys. And uh, next up, Dom, what's going on, man? Man, uh, snowed in all week. Uh... It's been well, you know, in, in in Tennessee, we're used to getting ice, and that usually results in like a day or two stuck at home, maybe three. But this time, I think in total, we've gotten like eight inches of snow, and we don't get snow, especially where I'm at, like the the Rutherford County, Davidson County area, like Middle Tennessee. We usually don't get that kind of snow, so this is kind of weird. Uh, feel sorry for Texas; they're going through it big time. Uh, and for those who are listening or could be listening who uh, are either in Texas or got family in Texas, the realest rapper to ever live, Trey the Truth, uh, if you go to his Instagram, Trey ABN, um, he's been uh, doing on the ground efforts, food, water, trying to help everybody he can because he's like, he actually has his own day in Texas if people don't know because he is that guy that everyone looks to in Texas to uh, kind of lead the lead the way. So he's been doing his thing. And uh, so yeah, shout out to all the people who need help and who are able to donate and all that stuff. I, I donated earlier this week, uh, trying to help them. And also, if you're watching this, listening to it, like, 
subscribe, follow, whatever, comment, uh, whatever you want to do, uh, whichever platform you're on, do that. And if you want to email us, you, my email is open, domfisher at geekvibesnation.com. In case you got some something you want to say, you going to get some off the chest, you going to talk some shit, whatever, uh, hit us up because, you know, we, we read everything. We're constantly on the phones and whatnot. So, like, like get active. Get active. Just, and for, go ahead, Tia. I was going to say, um, just don't go on a vacation to Cancun right now. Right. <laughs> don't do that, for sure. Um, no, but Dom's putting in the work, giving us, like, the shout-out and everything. Like right? That. This, is, this is why he's the, the best. grand ambassador <laughs> right there. Um, but, no, all of our love to everybody out there in Texas. Um, I will say, there were a lot of Republicans over these past four years that are like, global warming? what's that <laughs> and it's kind of like are you seeing it's showing it? it's it's are like seeing it example here right. you go <laughs> i don't know if it was a real tweet or not but someone had reposted like ted cruz said like two or three years ago um i'll believe in global warming when it snows in texas and it's just like <laughs> all right ted Jesus, uh, <laughs> he had to be sitting somewhere like Sing in the air. You sing in the airport in Cancun. Yeah, yeah. Uh, going yikes. Um, but all right, let's let's get into this. We're not a political podcast. Let's get into this. Um, we are starting off our first episode back. Uh, starting with trailer talk. We got a few trailers. Um, I want to start with probably the lesser of the three. Um, not in quality or content, just as far as notoriety, and that's uh, The Invincible. Um, that trailer just dropped. That is a great voice cast uh, that they have, man. And I usually give voice casts up to Warner Brothers. Their voice casts are just phenomenal. We've met half of their voice casts over the last few movies, interviewed them. Dom, I believe you did Red Sun. Um, see, have you done a DC uh, animated movie um, interview yet? I actually haven't, but I know that you did a very great one with Rosario Dawson, so. I wasn't going to say it. Um, <laughs> no, so we definitely got to get you on that, Tia. They, they um, uh, and Dom, I'm pretty sure this was brought up to you, but all the voice actors over there are led in Warner Brothers by the great Wes Gleason. Um, who helps out everybody over there with voice work. So huge shouts out to him. But to Invincible, um, Stephen Young, uh, I believe, is the main character. Uh, his dad is portrayed by... Um, name just left me. What's his name? Uh, man, played J. Jonah Jameson. J.K. Simmons. Oh, J.K. Yeah. Simmons. J.K. Simmons. Um, Zazie Beats is also in there. Like it's it, it's pretty stacked. I saw Zachary Quinto is yep. also in. I'm trying to pull it up to see it just to like name us. A lot of people who've been on The Walking Dead at some point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah they legit were just like, hey, you guys want to have a reunion? Like, let's let's do this thing. Um. Yeah, you got Mark Hamill, Sandra O, oh, Seth Rogen, Gillian Jacobs. Um. Sassy Beats, Walton Goggins, um, Goggins. Kari Payton. I don't know if I said his name right, but you know, you know who yeah. he plays. Ezekiel, uh, Zachary Quinto, freaking, yeah. Oh, and you're right. There's a shit ton of people on here. 
who were in The Walking Dead and Mahershala Ali is in it. That I can't even. That's a huge voice cast. That's insane. Yes, it is. John Ham is on it. <laughs> it definitely like Amazon to do that show was definitely like you got a, you got over like four hundred million to spare, right? Like <laughs> that's just your actors. That's not even like anything digital or anything like that. But this looks great. Um, I'm not familiar with the story. Uh, I will not get familiar with the story. I will let the show educate me. Um, I told you guys I don't like to influence myself like that. Um, but it looks great. It looks great. Dom, I do believe you got some, some secret cooking over there when it, when it comes to, uh, Invincible. Yeah, I'm, a, uh, I'm actually, I've had, I've been sitting on the show for like a week and a half. I plan on watching it all this weekend. Um, and I'm the same way. I don't, I'm not familiar with, uh, what, you know, the, the, the IP, um, but I, uh, it did, it did look uh, very similar to um, Sky High at the beginning, and I love Sky High. That is a guilty pleasure movie for me. Uh, and really, it's not really a guilty pleasure. It's just a good movie. I like it. Um, but I mean, with Robert Kirkman attached to it, I mean, I, of course, I'm a Walking Dead fan. I have the comics, and that guy is a genius at putting together these raw type of shows and. When you have that scene where it looks like kind of like the boys where someone zooms past some bodies and they explode, I was like, okay, this, it, it went it went to that point where I wanted to be, so I'm excited to watch it. Yeah, I, I got really hyped when it looked like whatever that bad guy was was just killing him. Like when he was just punching him into the ground and it looked like he was dying, I was just like, I don't know what's going on, but I like it. Um, and, and see, I'm going to pass it to you. I'm really curious what J.K. Simmons' uh, character, what that big secret is um, that he's saying he has to tell his son. Like, maybe he's not his dad. Like, what, what, what is it? Maybe he's an experiment. Again, these are, these are me guessing. I've not read anything about uh, The Invincible. Um, but this, this trailer looked really good. I thought the first trailer that they dropped looked great. You know, it was a great setup. But this was like... This is like a return serve from Serena Williams kind of good. Like, this was just like, <laughs> bow, right to your face. Uh, but Tia, what, what did this trailer do for you? Um, so, correct me if I'm wrong, didn't it look, say, a little familiar uh, to, um, what, what are those Netflix movie shows or something that are supposed to be coming out where the Mark Miller um world or something like that yeah Do you guys know what i'm talking about yeah you mean sandman uh no not sandman the one where that's uh neil gaiman the one I, where right. uh oh god the guy who was like married to fergie plays the main character and it's also about like superheroes that pass on their like superhero powers to their kids or something anyway i'll, I I'll talk about that i love it's josh dumont right yeah, I yeah. love Josh Dumont. Don't nobody ever, no one ever talks about Josh Dumont. <laughs> but well, I like Josh Dumont. <laughs> well, look him up. He's in going to be in a Netflix thingy that's coming up. So anyway, that's what it reminded me of. I really didn't know what Invincible was about. 
at first when I was watching a trailer I was like okay this looks like a nice little cartoon sort of superhero show um cool it'll be great for kids and all that and as soon as I saw blood I was like this is not going to be great for kids this is going to be terrible for children um and that really kind of went into that darker um turn which then I kind of became a little bit more interested knowing that it's going to be more adult and then seeing the voice cast was very impressive so I think it looks fun um I have Amazon Prime which is great so when it comes out I'll be able to watch it and I think I'm just in a position of that it looks like an enjoyable show just as you guys said I don't know anything about these characters so I'll just get educated from watching it but I think it looks great I like the style um I think, again, the voice cast, they just nailed it with it. Yeah, no, I'm completely with you. I was I was looking, and I, I couldn't find it, but it just reminded me of, like, I forgot he was in Transformers, and it just <laughs> put, me in, put me in a really, like, depressed state. Um, but, no, I, I'm completely with you guys. And to me, I do like that we're getting more content that's for us. Um, I think some of these big companies are so interested in selling toys, uh, that we get so much kid content and these kids could care less. Um, like they don't care. I was just saying this. Um, Can I interrupt you for two seconds? Yeah, absolutely. I'm so yeah. sorry. No, go ahead. J- Jupiter's Legacy is what Josh Jamal is going to be in. Oh, wait. Wasn't that that Mila Kunis Channing Tatum movie? No. Ascending. <laughs> no, Jupiter's Legacy is an upcoming. American superhero streaming television by Stephen S. D. Knight, based on the comic book series by Mark Miller and Got Frank you. Quitley. Got you. I don't know. Okay. So your man Josh Jumal plays the main character. So you should just know that. I'm signed up. Sign me up immediately. <laughs> um, I, I really, I really do enjoy his act. I don't think he's like the greatest or anything, but I do enjoy him. You know, he's one of those quiet guys. You know, um, but yeah, like I was saying, um. To cater things after kids just isn't smart anymore. Uh, we were talking about this on Figure It Out with uh, Pete, JD, and Joel. Um, a show like Young Justice, they were trying to sell toys for, and when they couldn't, they canceled it. Um, and then they did Teen Titans Go. But the problem with that was, it's just not. It was. It wasn't for kids. It's why you couldn't sell merch. Kids weren't really watching it. It was catered for us. Who brought it back? Us. So to me, it's like, it sounds crazy, but like these collectibles, these, these shows, these movies, cater them to us. These kids don't care. They're TikToking and, and, and lick locking or whatever the, the new crap is that they're doing. They don't care. Um, so give it all to us, you know? Screw those kids. Kill you made men. us. <laughs> you made us sound so geriatric. <laughs> whatever they're doing. <laughs> Every time I say that, my aunt said that to me today. Every time I say, like, forget those kids. She's like, you sound so old. And I'm like, it's not that. It's just the way that these studios are set up, they're, they're catered to trying to make as much money as possible. And they think it's through kids. And it's not. It's just not. Um, they really don't care. Like, you ask a kid right now, like, hey, did you see last season of Young Justice? I don't know. Is that is that a, is that a TikTok person? I, what is that? Like they they'll they won't know. They have no idea. I just hate that uh, they don't give enough credit for how mature kids can be because we grew up watching Batman animated series and the X Men animated series. Those were not like if you go back and watch them, they're not technically for kids other than they're colorful cartoons. But right. like 
the subject matter is very serious and tone. Well, and, not even know. that. We grew up on Red and Stimpy, freaking South Park. I mean, uh, Family Guy, we were right at that age. I mean, we're the epitome of inappropriate cartoons and we, we turned out just fine. <laughs> yeah, I'd say this new generation is crazier than us. Um, but also this new generation grew up playing games that we just didn't have as kids. Call of Duty, Grand Theft Auto. Like we grew up on like GoldenEye, Mario, Sonic. You know, that's why we're lawyers, presidents, sane people, not in prison. Uh, these kids these days, it's just like, all my games have guns. And it's just like, all right, crazy. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, it's definitely a different time for sure. And me saying that, I feel old. Like I just felt a gray pop in saying that. <laughs> um but all right let's let's move on we're excited for the invincible uh coming next month on amazon prime if you do not have amazon prime please get it it's great for more things than just all the amazing content they're coming out with uh it's really good to be able to get free packages in two days um so uh so just for that purely um but all right let's move on um i'm gonna save tia's favorite trailer for last so we're gonna do mortal kombat second um uh, <laughs> I was like, wait, what are you talking about? I like, wait, I like, um, I actually just went at nauseum about this Mortal Kombat trailer with Joel and uh Trayvon on a GVN breakdown. So I'm gonna pass it to you guys first before I go into it. Um, Dom, I'll start off with you, man. I'm pretty sure all that ripping hands through chest and all that, Dom was like, Yes, yes, yes. Um, so what were your thoughts, man, on this first official trailer for uh, Mortal Kombat? Yeah, this is the Mortal Kombat I've always wanted. Um, it is the closest thing to the video game I've ever seen. Now, granted, the, the old ones we loved when we, were, when we were younger because that was the technology at the time. So now that we fast forward to now, we have the ability to make things look as real as possible. This is what I wanted. Like when I saw him uh, stab him and they froze the blood and instead oh my god like this trailer was so good I'm, and i'm a big fan of um Makad brooks and i don't like jacks but he he's making me want to like that character um because jackson you know playing the game he's just slow and he's powerful but like i need somebody that can fluidly move around and uh but now like the characters look look fantastic um and I had I actually just um, <laughs> sent uh, some Instagram videos to the to Slack. I'm glad <laughs> you're bringing it up because I I swear I just saw it and I wasn't able to watch it because we were on. Yeah. And I'm like I love Patrick Cloud. I love all Death. I'm I'm huge fans of theirs. Um, so I'm like, damn, what is the context of like these videos that I'm sent? So I'm I'm glad you're saying it now. Please explain so mm -hmm. so I know. No, it's it's his his what videos he made is um he's got three of them right now. And it's if human like humans signing up for Mortal Kombat, not knowing what Mortal Kombat was, and it's hilarious. Um, so, yeah, my name is Punchy, you know, like, all right, Punchy, what's your power? Uh, I, I, MMA, and they're like, like that's your power. There's a guy who can like freeze you with his hands. He can, he can freeze you. What? And the next one is like, man, what are you doing? Oh, I was watching the tournament. I got fighting an hour. He's like, oh, what have you seen? I saw a girl get her butthole ripped out, and then she stood, and then she stood up, and she won. They're like, yeah, man, they, they kill you out there. He's like, oh shit, no, it's, it's great. <laughs> but that trailer, that trailer, the trailer was so good. I mean, I, there's not many trailers that live up to the hype. 
you know, we've seen it over the past like year that some have, but in the in the past, you know, we see the the trailer, it looks pretty good, and then the movies are let down, or even we hear about the trailer, and then the trailers are let down. Um, but with them having, you know, it seems like a pretty good amount of time, and uh, this fan base that is so big, you can't not make this movie good. So I expect a lot from it. <clears throat> I probably shouldn't, but like, I mean, it's Mortal Kombat. You have to go big or go home. Um, but I've, I've watched it multiple times. Um, but yeah, I, I loved it. I, I would say this. <clears throat> the newer games have done a great job on their, um, on their stories. Mm-hmm. But I would say to fans, because I still swear by that first Mortal Kombat. That first one, I still swear by it. Beautiful, well done. It's the annihilation that you kind of look at and you go... <laughs> You didn't bring the same people from the first one, did you? Like, I don't think you understand what you're doing. Um, (laughs) But I would say to fans where you should temper your expectations, just go into this hoping for some of the best gore, blood, and amazing fight choreography, right? Don't really give too much to the story, you know, because it might be, it might fall, you know, the story might fall flat. But to me, I don't care if the fights are good, and I'm getting some of the best fatalities ever, right? It won't matter to me, you know? I don't need this to be an Academy Award winner. I just need it to be entertaining. Um, I tell you guys all the time, I left Venom going, I was entertained. Was it a good movie? No, but I was entertained. So, I really liked you know, Venom, I by the way. I, I walked into that with, like, the lowest of the low expectations because I did not like the first two trailers. So mm. it was like... I'm not expecting this to be good. And I walked out and I was like, and then I watched it like a year later and I was like, still like it. Don't care. It was entertaining. Yeah. I, (laughs) once I saw that he wasn't going to have the emblem on his chest, because obviously there's no Spider-Man. That was when I mentally checked out. I said, there's nothing you can really do. When they, when they showed she venom, I was just like, okay. When they mentioned (laughs) J Jonah Jameson's son, coming from outer space okay okay um and then obviously woody harrelson being carnage like seeing those three things i was just like all right you got me okay i enjoyed you i enjoyed you um but like you said dom um and also i wanted to ask you this dominant i promise i'm pass it to you tia did you notice when scorpion's fighting uh what looks to be sub-zero's henchman did you notice his wife was in the background frozen no i didn't yeah, okay. No one did. I, I only noticed it, and I did play-by-play with Joel and, and Trayvon, and I froze it in that moment. You see, well, let me not say his wife. It's a woman uh, behind him frozen. Um, and did you see the animated movie uh, Scorpion's Revenge? Yeah. This looks like it's right from that, and yeah. I'm just like, Tia, when you get a chance, I don't know how much you're into Mortal Kombat, watch the animated uh, Scorpion's Revenge. Mm-hmm. That has some of the brutalist fatalities. They just go, like like Dom said, someone got their butthole ripped out and got up and won. That's that's pretty pretty accurate. <laughs> it's it's pretty accurate. Um, but they go all out in that thing. Um, but this just it looks as though they made sure they gave every attention to detail. Uh, Gordo, uh, I believe, is the the monster's name, the forearm monster. He looks amazing. 
Um, I will say this. It's funny that you like Makad Brooks, but not Jax. I love Jax, but do not like Makad <laughs> Brooks. <laughs> so I remember not being happy about his casting, but then I remember Jax is never really a big character in Mortal Kombat, yeah, like, yeah. like a huge focus. Um, I will say it looks like Sub-Zero is how Jax becomes Jax. I was a little disappointed once I saw uh, Goro, because I'm like, I kind of wanted them to show Goro taking Jax by the arms and ripping his arms off. Um, and I'm like, they're not going to go that route. I was a little disappointed. But Tia. I'm sure he'll rip somebody in half. Huh? I'm sure he'll rip somebody in half. Oh, for sure. If he don't. <laughs> if he don't rip somebody in half, that's my equivalent to not giving me Mephisto. I will be very unhappy. <laughs> um, but Tia, uh, I'm sure you remember the the uh, the OG video games from from back in the day. Uh, did did this excite you to see how accurate it looks as though they they're they're getting with this Mortal Kombat movie? So I don't mean to be a, <laughs> a Debbie Downer. Like hearing Dom talk so like highly, I was like, oh man. Um, I was never a Mortal Kombat person. I like Tekken. I I played Tekken growing up. <laughs> I was a Tekken person. I got you know probably just because maybe. You know, I just went to freaking Best Buy and just grabbed whatever game and got that. And I really like Tekken. I've played a few of those and always enjoyed that. I, of course, know about Mortal Kombat because I feel like the whole finishing, you know, is so like ingrained in our like video game culture. But I'm going to be real with you guys. I have only played like one game of Mortal Kombat, maybe like in the summer because my boyfriend started playing it and I was like oh yeah we can play a game against each other and then I was like can we download Tekken <laughs> and we'll just play that <laughs> um, so I don't really know anything about Mortal Kombat um I will admit that the trailer looked a little corny to me but I, I want people to enjoy this because I want people to <laughs> don't just like one away. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. It's like, I don't want to be a Debbie Downer because I want people who enjoy Mortal Kombat to get everything out of this that they want. It's just not my movie. Um, I want to ask you guys a question. I saw trending on Twitter that people really upset that they didn't see the inclusion of Johnny Cage or something like that. What do you guys think about the fact that they're not seeing that because I will admit that I think I know who that character is because in the video game that I played like in the summer they had this like but okay two things this like Johnny Cage in at least in the uh snippet that I watched looked like the most annoying character ever yeah. and and how skimpy the women's clothing like and I don't mean to go there right I, I swear I'm not trying to like be like that but I was like that girl's wearing like pasties and she's supposed to be fighting. Come on. And again, me as a Tekken fan, I'm not going to sit here and say that that wasn't the case like in the early Tekken games. Like I know this, all right? I'm not saying it's just in Mortal Kombat, but I was watching this going, what the hell? Come on. So I mean, I did, at least it's nice in the trailer that the girl is wearing clothes. <laughs> I, did, I did see someone else say that and my response to them was, you rarely had guys wear shirts at all in any of those fighting games. So I'm like, <laughs> it's it's pretty apropos that, you know, to balance out the look of it, it's kind of like not really having clothes, no shirt whatsoever. So it's kind of like, it's supposed to be appealing to both sides, I assume. Yeah, uh, yeah, and I get that. It's But that even too is just like, 
you're fighting against a guy who could literally like freeze people. You need some protection. What's yeah, going they're on just here? like they're just like nah. Most of them don't even wear shoes. They're just I didn't even bring shoes to this. Like I, I don't even take you seriously. Um, but no, uh, Joel was very upset to not see Johnny Cage. Uh, he's <laughs> a very important character to Mortal Kombat. But the good news is, it does seem as though this movie, because this movie's focus has shifted from what we know mm-hmm. the focus of Mortal Kombat to be, which is Liu Kang. Uh, they're bringing in a whole new character um, and focusing on him. So Johnny does seem like the kind of guy that's on the outside looking in. That will be in a sequel. Um, right. Right? Or it could be a surprise. They could surprise us with Johnny with Johnny being in this. Um, it, it's very possible, but not really likely. It just seems like he might be more of a sequel kind of guy, um, which to me is cool, as long as I get him. I don't like Johnny Cage. He's my least used character of all time. <laughs> He seems like such a like a douche. <laughs> mad corny. He looked mad corny. He looked the least cool. And I know exactly why people are mad about it. And it's the same reason why people get mad about other shit. They're like, I don't see any white people in there. I know that's why they're mad. <laughs> but no, he's, he's, he's a corny dude. Like you have all these dudes that look cool, and you have a guy who was wearing like pants and sunglasses. Get out of here. I don't want to. Joel is definitely going to fight, fight you back on that for sure. Joel is going to fist fight you for that, Dom. But um, I, to me, I always thought of it like you just got a trailer where you saw Scorpion and Sub-Zero in all of their glory. And you're like, I didn't get Johnny Cage. It's like, <laughs> really? Really? All right. Um, I was more, I was more upset that we didn't get um, Baraka. I wanted Baraka. Um, you remember Barakadam? Yeah, he definitely should be in there. I assume that they have some things up their sleeve because there are so many characters, especially with the way they're trying to make it brutal. Mm-hmm. There's going to be some characters that, that are probably, maybe not be like a focus, but we'll see them in the background fighting and they'll focus in on a scene where you see Baraka slice somebody in half, and then, but he's not really mentioned in the story. Be like, hey, that's, that's Baraka. So I, I, I know there's going to be something like that. Uh, in the story, because there's so many characters that necess- don't necessarily need a storyline, but are there, and I'm sure that they'll include it somewhere. Yeah, I, I do want to point out, I pointed this out on our breakdown, but I pointed out here, um, I didn't like how much fan service they gave in this trailer, only because some things should have just been saved for the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, get over here, and I am Sub-Zero. I didn't need in this trailer. Like, you don't have to sell me with catchphrases. You just had to sell me with seeing the fatalities. Um, I didn't even like how his get over here was delivered. It reminded, because it's so out of context, it reminded me of when that last Terminator trailer came out and you hear Sarah Connor going, I'll be back. It sounds corny because it's out of context, right? But when you watch the movie, you're like, oh, okay, it flowed, it flowed a lot better. To me, I would have preferred to get that in context like, picture if Kevin Feige gave us an Avengers Endgame trailer, right? And the trailer ended with Avengers, assemble. No. Oh, my God, I'd be so mad. You don't reveal yeah, that. Yeah, you don't put that trailer. in the trailer. Like, you give that to us in the movie. That get o- I'm not comparing Get Over Here to Avengers Assemble, but that is any fan of Mortal Kombat, even if you're not a fan, like, you just, you've heard them, you know Get Over Here. And that's something you wanted, you wanted to kind of just feel in the moment of the movie. And another thing I didn't like, their masks are so goddamn bulky. Mm-hmm. 
it needs to be skin tight. Don't have it bulky like I ah, it just stuck out to me so much watching them. It's just like it looks so bad. That's, that's one thing I I'm will say. I'll oh, go ahead. No, no, no. I'm sorry, Tom. Go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say, yeah, I've I've always kind of thought that like as the games got um the newer games came out and they have so much gear on. I'm like, how are you fighting with like six swords, a chain, a flat jacket, a backpack, <laughs> a tank? Like you can't throw that shit on you. Like what's going on? Yeah, so I don't know why they they I get it that it's supposed to be like things you would actually use and look it'll be mod, but yeah, you, you can't be so bulky that like if I punch you in the face, you're not going to feel it because you're wearing a football face mask. Right. Like, that's <laughs> what I'm saying. Make it like to me, I don't mind the design of it, but just make it more skin tight. Because when they talk, you see that whole thing going up and down. That irritated me. I don't mind if it's skin tight. You know what I'm saying? Um, maybe it was hard for them to breathe in it. Who knows? But that stuck out to me and I did not like that. But I'm sorry. Go ahead, Tia. Oh, no, I was just going to say, I like at least seeing that Louis Tan and Ludi Lin are getting more roles. I think that those are two guys who d certainly deserve it. Um, I don't know if you know this, I think like a year and a half ago, two years ago, I actually interviewed Ludi Lin and yep. he was really great. Um, and Louis Tan is so talented. I don't know if anyone here watched the, um, oh my God, what the hell was the Netflix show called? Not Warrior. I know what you're talking about. I know exactly what you're talking. Oh, about. Woo, woo assassins. Yeah, it was something like that. I couldn't get through it. It was. It was. It looked to me. I don't like when you're making an Asian adaptation American, and I don't mean American in dialogue. I mean American in appeal to where you're trying to cater to Americans. So you're doing the quips and stuff that you think like us Americans think are funny, and it's just like. I, the only thing I'll say about Wu Assassin is that it didn't need the mystical aspect of it. Like if you watched it, it could have been just a badass fight show, right? The the fights were legit. You know, they had already like the problems that they were handling. You know, like it could have just been like this really cool like street level sort of gangster thing or whatever with awesome martial arts. And then suddenly they added this, this, this like mystical thing. And I was like, you didn't need that. But um, Louis Tan was in it and he displayed like really just fantastic fight scenes. And so that's why I was like, and I mean, we only saw him for like one episode in Iron Fist, but if you really want to see him fight, woo assassins. Um, yes, uh, Tia did interview uh, Ludi. So he is dear to, to GVN. And Louis Tan uh, retweeted Joel. Um, and made oh, like, a, whole, a whole tweet about it uh, last year, the year before, about One Piece. Joel was fan casting mm -hmm. uh, the animated show One Piece, um, so he retweeted it in his in his support of the character Joel selected for him. So love both of those guys, both of those guys yeah. for GVN. Um, but Tia, if you want to see a non mystical ass whipping uh, martial arts show, watch Warrior on um, HBO Max. Uh, with An Andrew Koji, right? That is my boy. Say it again, Tia. <laughs> Andrew Koji. <laughs> Love me some Andrew Koji. But also Joe, who plays Sub-Zero, is a main mm. character in that show. Um, and okay. if you watch Warrior, you'll see why they called him about Sub-Zero. 100%. Just his, his swagger, everything about him is so cool that it's like, you'd be a good Sub-Zero. 
Um, Joel also, just for our listeners out there, Joel brought the, brought up a really good point. Um, Joe is playing the original Sub-Zero. So it's a really good chance that his Sub-Zero dies in this movie. And then we see the more current, newer version of Sub-Zero going forward. Um, Trayvon flirted with the idea that maybe uh, Louis Tan's character uh, will kind of rise up to being the new Sub-Zero. Um, I just say this, whoever his character is supposed to be, I hope it lives up to the fact that you're not giving Liu Kang that main spot. You're giving this new character that main mm-hmm. spot. Um, so I just hope whatever power he has, whatever he turns into is, is well worth it. Because um, seeing Liu Kang kind of to the side really rubbed me the wrong way. But since I love Louis Tan, I'm like, for you, I'm open to it. But <laughs> seeing a story of Mortal Kombat where it's kind of like, yeah, Liu Kang, yeah, 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 he exists, but no, you know, he's he's over there. Like, I don't like none of that. Um, so I I can't wait for this movie. We will all be watching it and breaking it down. Um, I'll probably go out and buy Mortal Kombat 11. I'm definitely gonna buy it for Tia. Uh, make her play it religiously. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> hey, maybe if Mortal Kombat does well, maybe we'll get like a Tekken. I'm sorry, I'm just sitting about here in my little that. bubble, loving loving Tekken and all that. No, don't so get me wrong, Tekken is one of the OGs. It's one of the, it's right, it's like, it's honestly, this is how I grade it. It's Mortal Kombat, Street Fighter, Tekken. But it's not like Tekken is in third spot. That's like 1A, 1B, 1C. Uh, That's how iconic all three of those games are. So if this does good, it opens the world for everything. You know what I'm saying? For everything. Um, Joel was saying he wanted a God of War movie. Um, that would be a really honestly like I've not played that that often but just knowing the story I mean that's kind of a no-brainer I feel like for a movie adaptation I would say or a series even I would say since Sony didn't start with it a lot of pressure is on this Uncharted film with Tom Holland if that Mm -hmm. does really well I could see Sony dipping more into their their exclusive IPs in doing uh, because I tell you this right now if someone fan cast Jason Momoa and he sees it and he petitions for it, Sony will call him tomorrow and, we're, and we'll hear about a writer being attached, a showrunner. Like, <laughs> He'd we'll, be we'll, we'll so fantastic. Yeah, we'll hear about that immediately. He honestly, like, we were talking about it, it was kind of like Batista, Jason Momoa, guys like that, that could not only pull off the bald look, but have the physique of being Kratos. Um, so to me, it's like, it's a no-brainer. God of War has to be next on. on That'd be on a that. good, a good series if they if they kind of played it out um, like Spartacus, where it's very yeah. raw and real See, brutal. I slightly disagree with you. I kind of would prefer. I will only accept God of War as a series if Sony works to deal with HBO, uh, yeah. because of how beautiful uh-huh. HBO can make a world look. Yeah. But the only reason why I'm like I prefer it to be a movie. That budget's gonna have to be sky high. I think a lot of people forget it's not easy to make those gods that are statues turn real look good. Yeah, that's a lot of money. Um, so to me, HBO is the only one that I think could afford that for for a show. And I, I kind of would prefer Jason Momoa to do a movie. Um, and I think if you do a series, you can cater it more to the fans. But if you do a movie, you can get that big old budget. 
make it look beautiful. Um, and to me, I don't need the story to be good. I need the action to be good. I need him ripping heads off gods. That's what I need. <laughs> um, I'm just picturing it in my brain now, Jason Momoa on the poster for God of War holding the two swords where you don't so see his face. It's just a shot of like him from behind holding. Beautiful. Um, but yeah, Mortal Kombat will definitely expand what Sonic did and what Detective Pikachu did, which is opening up people's eyes for video games turned into movies that are successful. Um, so it's a lot of pressure on Mortal Kombat because if you fuck this up, we won't ever see Tekken or Street Fighter. Because um, <laughs> you'll have people like, well, if you couldn't do Mortal Kombat well. Can I trust someone to do Tekken? You know what I'm saying? Um, so here's to hoping Mortal Kombat does great. Box office hit. Uh, streaming hit, really, because no one can go to theaters. Um, <laughs> streaming hit. Um, and, you know, we get, we get a fast track uh, sequel. And, you know, they continue to, to do video game movies. So uh, here's to that. But um, all right, let's move on to the big trailer that dropped. Tia, I'm going to start with you. Um, <laughs> I know, Tia, you not only cried, you were <laughs> remorseful a little bit. Um, I heard you saying sorry a lot. So I'm going to go to you, let you kick off uh, your thoughts on the Snyder Cut trailer uh, that we got Sunday for Valentine's Day. It's okay. You can. <laughs> I mean, to be honest, I don't remember a lot from the trailer. Oh I my goodness, Tia. <laughs> I mean, I was watching it, and um, you know, I, I don't have a huge emotional attachment to this movie. Um, I hope that, as I just, I hope that people who really wanted this movie are excited for it. Um, I will say that I don't know where I'm even like going with this or anything. I guess I'll just talk about the one thing is that, you know, a lot of people were freaking out seeing uh, Jared Leto uh, return as the Joker in it, in that final scene. Um, and I'm sorry, I was totally out of the loop. I did not understand why Twitter was making such a big deal over the Joker saying we live in a society. I was like, I don't get it. Someone give me the answer to why everyone's freaking out in this. But um, I just couldn't get like a very good look at the Joker. There's something with Zack Snyder's like how he did the trailer and the lighting and everything that just really was blocking and maybe he's doing that on purpose so you know obviously you have to watch the actual movie to see the real details with it um it's going to be interesting I like did Jared Little come back to do reshoots was he always intended on being in his version of Justice League um I so I don't know, like there's a whole, I know that you probably like freaked out while watching it and all that. It's just, you know, not my cup of tea. And I think I said that on Twitter. I was like, it's not my cup of tea, but you guys enjoy pretty much. And I will watch it because, you know, this is something that people have been talking. I feel like we've been talking about this forever for the past like four years. Like so as long as I've known you, there's been talk of a Snyder cut. And it's <laughs> the Snyder cut. So I feel like, all right, I have to watch it and see what everyone's like going on about and all that. But it is interesting seeing like a lot of scenes that we didn't see in the 2017 version of Justice League, such as Barry saving Iris, um, 
you know, the scenes with Darkseid and Steppenwolf and everything. So it is going to be interesting to see what the plot is really of Zack Snyder's because I feel like I could never get that. <laughs> I can never get what the real plot really is when it comes to this trailer. Maybe I'm just not paying attention enough, but I really feel like I'm watching it and I don't really truly understand what the actual plot to the movie is. Well, this is from the outside looking in. The plot isn't different than the theatrical. Okay. Um, the okay. movie is just like, like the whole plot of this seems to be the same, which is Stephen Wolf has to go retrieve the mother boxes for Darkseid. The Justice League has to stop him. It's just everything mm -hmm. else around it is different. But that is the constant, is that he's, he's searching for the mother boxes. Now, the context we didn't really get from the uh, theatrical cut was, who was he retrieving them for? It kind of seemed like Steppenwolf right. wanted them. Um, so now we kind of have the idea that it's for Darkseid. Darkseid obviously sent them. Darkseid's keeping tabs on them. Um, so we have a clear idea. But it seems like the, the plot is the same. It's Stephen oh, wow. Wolf retrieving the, the um, mother boxes. Now, to your point of Joker, I caught every detail. He no longer has tattoos. It seems as though right. he caked himself up um, to cover those tats. Or it could be because this is a nightmare scenario that his Joker never looked like the one from Suicide Squad. Um, yeah. But the biggest thing to me was that I noticed was when he talked, he had a lisp. Now, you guys remember he um, had grills in Suicide Squad. This yeah. could be the Joker that isn't that far removed from killing Robin and Batman has punched out all his teeth. Um, like right. when you hear him talk, it kind of sounds like I could be reaching here. I'm, I'm, I'm admitting it. It just sounds like he has a lisp. But the society thing, see, I think was just like a playoff of like a trope of like, we are a society, you know, a society that doesn't really get it, blah, blah, blah. Um, yeah, I, I kind of like got that, like people kind of explain it, but I'm like, I don't understand why that's like such a freak. I don't know. Maybe I just, I just didn't understand it. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's, um, it's going to be an interesting thing for sure. I think the most interesting thing about uh, Zack Snyder's uh, cut is what's going to happen afterwards as far as the fandom. Like, what are they going to ask for after this comes out? Um, will they be satisfied with these no, four-hour movies? Yeah, they, already, they already were like, bring him back to do uh, another Justice League, and I'm like, it's not gonna happen. <laughs> Zach has already said like a thousand times it's not going to happen. But this is what I don't like. Like, for example, right? If Kevin Feige decides to bring back, uh, we're not gonna get into everybody because that's one of our topics. But let's say. Uh, Daredevil is in Spider-Man, right? Right. We can't get greedy. We can't then go, well, you now have to bring back Vincent D'Onofrio. You have to bring back Karen. We wanted Daredevil back. We yeah. may get it. That's the end of it. That's where we have to draw the line. Well, I draw the line at Charlie Cox and John Bernthal, you know, as Punisher. And right, then, and I'm, then I'm okay. That's what I'm <laughs> so if, if you're getting back Charlie Cox, let's draw the line there and be grateful. Let's not say, well, now Vincent has to come back. And now Falk, let's just appreciate because Feige could have recasted. Warner Brothers could have said, to hell with you, Snyder, you know, cult fans. So let's just be grateful that you got what you wanted 
and let's just see how it plays out. If it's great and they want to bring him back, we'll face that bridge when we come to it. I, I don't need it. I, I don't need him to come back because I do believe, and this is sounding crazy because we may interview him next month, um, <laughs> but I, I think his vision was flawed. And, and if we do get a chance to talk to him, I will ask him, how are you building a Justice League universe where your plan was to ultimately kill Batman? <laughs> what, what universe do we have a Justice League with no bat? So his vision kind of just seemed out there, right? Um, but I always say this. I know a lot of people disagree with me. I think he is a visual mastermind. The way he plays off of the dark element is beautiful because when you read these comics, that's how the comics look. They're that dark. Um, so I love how he portrays that on the screen. Could he lighten a few things up so we could see a few things a lot better? Sure. But um, go ahead. I did want to point, it, it's funny you say that, right? Because I was going back and rewatching some clips from 300, right? Which was, I, to me, I think uh, a wonderful movie. I love 300, which is a Zack Snyder movie. And it is quite dark in a sense, although, but even though it's dark you can still like see shit like and you guys know that this is always my problem with like his version of the dc movies like why is it so dark and it's like i don't mean in context of like the actual story i feel like when you say oh dc's too dark they literally are like you stupid marvel fan you want everything happy go lucky i'm like no you can be as dark as you want in context but i need you to lighten the shit up a little so i can actually freaking see what's going on so it's like we know that Zach can make movies that are dark where they're a little bit more colorful. We saw that happen in 300. Why does it seem like, um, and I even thought this in the Zack Snyder um, trailer that we just got, why, are, why do so many of the colors feel muted in a sense? I don't understand that, but that's just, I guess, an aesthetic decision that they decided. But um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, what do you guys think, by the way, of the whole report that, um, what's his name? Harry Lennox, is that his name? Henry Lennox. Where he, yeah, where he was like, he didn't even realize that he was playing Martian Manhunter. So, I mean, that's going to be interesting if he's playing a character and he didn't even realize that he was playing another character. Like, how, how, how does that work in scenery? You know, like... <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I think more so because he even said uh, he's not physically Martian Manhunter. Uh, they brought someone else in to physically be Martian Manhunter. So he might have oh, okay. provided dialogue um, and not really like if, if he doesn't say my name is Martian Manhunter and mm -hmm. it's just dialogue and we see him and that's how we know he's Martian Manhunter. That could be how he was in the dark because we know from the Mandalorian they didn't know that they were looking at Luke. You know, they didn't they didn't even know that was that was going to be Luke. That wasn't in the script. Um, right. So they place things in and you kind of have to act around it. Um, right. So that that could have been and I'm not saying that's what it was. I, I obviously wasn't there. I'm just guessing. Um, mm -hmm. But Martian Manhunter is someone that since Justice League Unlimited, it's like, why have we not seen more of, of, of this character? Martian he was Man a great character. I loved it. I love Justice League and Justice League Unlimited. Those are cartoons I grew up on. And him, um, you know, getting Hawkgirl has always been something that I've wanted to see. And I know that Joelle is hard pressed on getting Green Lantern and is so upset that, you know, there was a Justice really League upset. movie without Green Lantern. <laughs> yeah, he was really upset. 
uh, that there's no Green Lantern. Like, that's one of his questions if we do talk to Zach. Like, <laughs> fuck is up, guy? Where is he? Um, but yeah, I, I really love this trailer. I Seeing Granny Goodness might have brought me the only tear I've ever had watching something. <laughs> um, if you guys out there don't know of Granny Goodness, watch Justice League Unlimited. There's a few episodes there. Or watch um, Batman, Superman. I think it's Apocalypse. I can't remember what it was, but it's the animated movie where Batman and Superman and Wonder Woman go to Apocalypse to take on Darkseid and uh, Granny Goodness and the Furies. Um, she is an amazing character. And Tia, you would love it. Um, the guy that trained Granny Goodness was like, all right, as a testament, you have to kill your favorite dog. And she was just like, ha, I'll kill you instead. Uh, <laughs> like That's how dope Granny Goodness is. But um, yeah, I'm a huge, huge, huge fan of Granny Goodness. So in Darkseid, I will say this. I don't like when Darkseid and Thanos aren't aren't bigger. So it kind of looks like- I heard you tower. say that in your yeah, thing I don't, with Pete. I don't like when they don't tower the heroes because, you know, it looks like Superman is about the same height as Darkseid. I don't like that. I don't like the visual of that. Um, so to me, I kind of like the David of Goliath feel, you know, David versus Goliath feel. Um, so hopefully, you know, maybe he looks a little bit different, but this is going to be four hours. So I don't even know where to begin on what Zach's giving us that we didn't get in that two hour cut. Um, that was a theatrical release. I just, I love it all. Now, Dom, I'm going to pass it to you. My biggest theory, man. Remember in the theatrical version where Bruce first went to sleep and it entered the nightmare scenario where they set him up with the kryptonite and Superman killed two of his guys and then went to Bruce. Remember how he said, she was my everything and you took her from me. And then he collapsed his lung. Yeah. I have the theory and Joel told me I'm far-fetched here. I don't care. I'm sticking with it. I have the theory that we could possibly see. I'm just so you guys know. I'm bringing in uh, Patrick and Clay. They wanted to join us for this. Oh uh, yeah. Uh, I have the theory that we could see Superman in this nightmare scenario rip his arm through Joker like in Injustice. Um, and I can't get that out of my head because remember in Injustice, Superman was saying. Because if anyone's not familiar with Injustice, the comic book, in that comic, the whole premise of it was Joker had a dirty bomb that he put in, um, God, what's the city that Clark Kent lives in? I just went blank. Um, can't, can't remember. But anyway, he put the bomb um, in that city. And what he did was he sprayed Superman with um, some some toxic to where... Every time he saw Lois, Lois looked like um, uh, a villain of his. So Superman flew her all the way out to space, not knowing it was her. And when he looked at her, she was floating in space dying, right? So he blamed Joker for that. So after he killed Joker, he blamed Batman for not killing Joker a long time ago. So this, would, you know, this event would have never happened. Um, so when I look at this Snyder Cut trailer, I'm like, it's possible Joker being here means more to Superman than it does than it does Batman. Looks more like Batman's has him in protective custody is what I got from that. Like he was trying to keep him away from somebody. So that's why they're teaming up. So I wanted to throw that theory to you, Dom. But first I wanted to welcome in from Condon Nerdy Dudes and Condon Nerdy Girls, KJ, Patrick, and Clay. What's going on? Hi guys. What's hey, up, everybody? man? 
wanted to uh, welcome you guys in before we get too deep in this rabbit hole of this trailer. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> didn't want you guys just sitting there for forever. Um, but no. now I'm going to go to you. Your thoughts on my theory and then your thoughts on the trailer. That's a really, that's a really good theory. Um, because it did look very much like Batman and Joker were, were meeting up in some form or fashion. And I'm glad that Joker's in there because, I mean, they're... I don't want to say they're the same person, but they're the same person. Like they, they're the yin and yang. You know, you and if I see Batman, I need to see Joker just a little bit, even if he's not this, you know, big part of the the film. He's got to be there in some form because I feel like he's that kind of driving force. He's that reminder of like, this is why I do this shit because this guy's crazy, and I can I got to remind myself not to go to the point where he's been. I had just watched uh, the Killing Joke not that long ago. I was reading the Batman Who Laughs, and there's always that line that Batman walks, and that's why him and Joker are so intangible. Um, and I remember taking a um, at a Comic Con, a Psychology of Batman, and it was all about how Batman and Joker, like who's the who's the real real bad guy and who's the the real good guy, or are both of them bad? It's kind of that you know, it's a, a philosophical uh, conversation. Uh, but no, I thought the the only thing of the trailer that looked weird to me is. You know how the, the girls out there may know if you get hat fished, right? A guy like me who you don't realize is bald, I take my hat off and oh shit, you're bald. Like you see me for years with a hat on. When I seen Steppenwolf, his actual head. It I looks like, so weird. <laughs> like, I'm sorry. Am I the only one? And I'm going to try and keep this PG right now, but did, did anyone think that like he looked like some phallic sort of like <laughs> the skin? I was like, I'm uncomfortable. <laughs> um, I thought Darkseid looked so uh, I, I, Like, I don't know how his aesthetic comes about, um, but it has this like gothic appeal to it that really appeals to me. Um, so visually, it does. It looks great. I like the um dystopian look of it i love the nightmare batman like that bat that's one of my favorite batman suits i don't know what it is about the goggles and the jacket that and just the trench coat. yeah um but no I'm, I'm i'm very your theory is really interesting though <laughs> right 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 i'm telling you bro i really do think like think about how hardcore of a director zach is right and the fact that that whole scene where he's like she meant everything to me and you took her from me Again, everyone tells me I'm crazy for, for putting the parallels between that and, and Injustice. But I promise you guys, if you read the first issue of Injustice and how that whole thing started, um, it just reeks similarities here, you know? And I'm not saying it'll be exactly like it. But is it out of the realm of possibility that Superman could rip his arm through Joker's body? No. In the theatrical cut, he lasered two of Batman's friends to death, and then he, he collapsed Batman's lungs. So... It's not far-fetched to believe that we could possibly see that. Just so. Yeah, and I mean, knowing how Jared Leto's personality is, I can see him wanting to go out like that. He, he is a yeah. guy who is, I don't even know how to describe Jared Leto, but he's a little, he's a little, he's a little out there. Mm, and, interesting. <laughs> yeah, and he, his whole beef before was like, he just didn't get to portray the Joker the way he wanted to for long enough. Right. If he gets to go out that way and gets to portray this like maniacal dude who's in Batman's head and he's in Superman's head and gets to go out that way, 
hell yeah, I want to see that. And I can definitely see him saying, hey, that right there, I want I want that. If I'm going to go out, put me out that way. Um, so yeah, like, the, I'm, I, I wasn't as hyped about it before, but now that you've put that theory in my head, I really want to see it now. I want to see it. Right? <laughs> right? Like, a, a part of me will be disappointed if it's not there, but like, yeah. <laughs> I think that I worked myself into it, it's kind of like, all right, if it's not there, how upset will I be? Um, but to me, it just like it. That's the to me, that's the ultimate nightmare. Think about what Batman's doing in Justice League by reviving Superman. He understands right. how important that symbol of hope is. So picture if in his nightmare, Superman's evil. Like the hope is gone. He's he's like this totalitarian that's just ruling over everybody. Um, you know, with an iron fist. That would wouldn't that be Batman's ultimate nightmare? Superman right. killing. Just saying. I think, uh, the only downside for the movie is going to be all the comparisons to the Avengers movie because you have Dark Side like go get my mother boxes and then if he fails, I'll do it myself. So comparisons <laughs> are going to be there, but we know that Marvel and DC have always been like that anyway. So the true comic fans, well, we won't care that much because it's we funny. know. A lot of the storylines are similar. The characters are similar. It's just that one is overtly darker, and the other one is like darker, but you don't realize it till you like you think back. Like, so she destroyed everybody. That's it's darker than I thought it was gonna be. You know I mean? <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly how Marvel is. By the way, you're like everything's yes. so fine. You're like, oh wait, that's actually really messed up okay <laughs> yeah, yes. right. yeah. That, is, that is one thing i wanted to add dom that um i do believe comic wise dark side came first thanos came after mm -hmm. yeah. um but i always tell people it's don't don't ever compare dark side is is the superior of the two uh dark side <laughs> doesn't need a magical uh glove to to murder half a universe uh isn't he half the time really not even there? That's like a projection of himself because yeah. he's so powerful. He's just like, I'll have my fart go fight you. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> this, is how, this is how I quantify dark side, right? I, I believe on a, Which believe comic on... is that in? So <laughs> <laughs> interesting, huh? <laughs> it's the bathroom chronicles for these. Uh, I always project it to where I'm like, I do believe if they if they did like a cross promotion, Superman could defeat Thanos, you know, with or without the glove, right? Yeah, yeah. Super. Show me one time Superman's defeated Darkseid. Rare, very rare. Don't happen like that. Darkseid don't play none of them games. Um, so that's why I'm like Darkseid is superior. But it's funny Darkseid came first in the comics, but Thanos came first in movie continuity. So it's like we got you. Suck it, DC. Um, but all right, <laughs> I want to go with you. Uh, did you check out the Snyder Cut trailer that weirdly dropped on Valentine's Day? Because nothing puts you in the loving mood like seeing <laughs> dark and brooding, right? Was that to me? I'm sorry. Yeah, to you, Clark. Yeah, I I did, and and I think it, it sounds like I'm I'm I took a same uh result as dom like this trailer was the first time that i felt like i'm interested in this now right i think the the there's usually uh another kind of nerdy dude and we like 
uh, our running joke is like he's always the DC apologist and it, the, their champion, and we always just rake him over the coals incessantly because <laughs> it's DC, right? And and you know the movies are what they are, um, and and so we keep teasing him about this this Snyder cut. But I will say, like that trailer, I don't know what it is. Um, I I'm interested, right? I am cautiously optimistic. Um, I did feel like that, that Joker, and you may have covered this or mentioned this. I came in late. My apologies. Um, but he's part of Batman's nightmare sequence, right? Like, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and Tia, I actually feel <laughs> a bit vindicated when it comes to you, because remember we had the conversation of, I, I remember I said, Batman and Joker, should always have some sort of interaction. And I think it might've been you that was like, well, him on top of the car, that was an interaction. And I I just listened to Zach go, that's not an interaction. Like they have to actually looking at one another. (laughs) I didn't know that they had to like lovingly, I didn't know that they had to lovingly (laughs) gaze into each other's eyes. Like, I mean, Joker tried to kill Batman in Suicide Squad. That apparently that's not an interaction. So now I know next time. Now I know. Well, it wasn't an interaction. (laughs) Not at all. So if you see in Falcon and Winter Soldier, Zemo just on the hood of their car, and they're like, that's all you get. That's not an interaction. I need to see them square right. off. That's a true interaction. Um, but no, to, to your point, Clay, uh, I said this before uh, before you guys came in. If you listen closely, it sounds like he has a lisp when he's talking to Batman at the end of that trailer. So okay. this could be, in terms of the nightmare scenario, not too far off after he killed Robin. Um, okay. This could have been after Batman punched out like a good amount of his teeth. Because uh, we know he did that in Suicide Squad because Joker had that grill. That grill was replacing the missing teeth. Um, and obviously he, he coated himself with a lot of paint to cover the damage and, and the, the J tattoo. Um, so it does look like um, Zack Snyder wanted more of a classical look for Joker with the long hair and stuff like that. Um, I, know, I know this, this is going to have a four-hour runtime. What was the runtime of the original theatrical? Two hours. And that was okay. only because the studio said, make it two hours exactly, not a second over, so we can get okay. our, our bonuses. So it being four hours is like, what are you giving us? <laughs> like, right. <yeah. laughs> and I think that was, kind of, again, like the takeaway from the trailer, I feel like they're really going to have the ability to expand on that story. Um, and I think that... You know, we, we had a, a conversation about Zack Snyder and I felt like, you know, Zack is such an amazing artist and he paints such a beautiful screen, right? The imagery is amazing, but I think sometimes he's uh, limited in his ability to connect the dots to get the characters in that place, right? Like he just knows I want everybody to be here and I want it to look like this and he accomplishes that. But sometimes like, you know, the, the motive of, of, you know, a particular character in that scene may not necessarily land because, you know, he hasn't had the ability to, to flesh out that story. So yeah. giving him two hours, you know, I, I'm excited to see if he, if he can bring out all of that together. 
I love how you're talking like it's more like a like he does more like the paint by numbers thing or like the, <laughs> like like the, like the children's connect the dot book as opposed to like other other directors that can do it like a Van Gogh right or, you it's, know it's funny it's funny you yeah. say that though uh, Patrick because I do always view Zach as far as directing wise as a visual genius like he could yes. like like Clay just said he could make the painting look amazing. It's just when you go and you ask them, you're like, hey, can you kind of tell me about this painting? No. No. Look at it. Yeah. Just look at it. You can't tell? <laughs> it's like if, you, if you've written like a story, right? You know, and you're writing a story and you're like, you write, you write, and you're like, I know I want them to get here, but I don't know how to do that. And I've literally done this where I go back and look at my stories and I'm like reading, and then I literally have in parentheses, right in between here and then it jumps so it's like it's exactly it's like all right and this happens and they get there all right how they get there later and then he i really do think he focuses on true comic book fans will love the visual a a aesthetic of it that yeah. they don't really think too deep in into how they got there they'll just be happy they got there and we're kind of like Zach. Our our books had words; they weren't just pictures. <laughs> right, right. I'm only kind of nerdy. Story. I you got to connect those dots for me. Yeah. <laughs> it's like we like words, Zach. You know, don't just, <laughs> don't just put visual things. But KJ and Patrick, for you guys to end us on this uh, Snyder Cut uh, trailer topic, what did you guys think of the trailer? You want me to go? Okay. Yeah, go ahead. Well, I, I'm glad that we came in when we did because uh, your theory is the first time that I have any excitement about Joker being there. I really have just felt like the whole time, like, why are we shoving Joker into this? And even in the trailer, I'm like, okay, he's like, I didn't expect the trailer to explain to me why Joker's in the movie. So, I, but I was still like, I still don't get what Joker's doing here. <laughs> um, so I, I, you know, you talking about, uh, about where the, the Joker could fit. I hope that, I hope that's how Zach connected the dots. <laughs> <I really laughs> Otherwise I gotta be like, yeah, I don't know what Joker is doing here. again. <laughs> I want to check if that's how if that's how those dots are connected, Zach. I want to check. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, but yeah, I just to me, I'm with you because part of me is kind of like, what's the true necessity for it? Yeah. But every time the Joker talks, it just draws. I swear, it draws me in. It could be the worst script ever, and then like you get a good actor to play Joker, and they say the right thing. You got me. So him kind of saying like honor, it's gone. Like he was kind of saying like. To me, how I how I took it was like, welcome to how we see things, Batman. We live in a world where the world the, the word honor means nothing. Welcome right. to the you know the the pit, the straight bottom of, of how the real world is. You know, like you have the luxury of being the guy that could just beat up on a mentally ill, and everyone's like, yeah, hero. Um, now, welcome to a world where none of that matters. No one cares. You know. So that's kind of how I saw that. And I'm just like, even when they showed Batman kind of like turning around to him, mm -hmm. like that might not even be the same shot, but him just turning around slowly. Um, and another thing I think is really cool on Batman's gun in the theatrical version, he has a Joker card taped to that gun. So oh, I'm like, yeah. I wonder what the connection there is. Like, is that 
a memory of Joker that Batman's all always has that in his mind to kind of put things in, in proper focus? Or was it like he kind of understood Joker on his way out and it's kind of like, this is how I'll remember him, you know? Like, their best interesting, yeah. right? Like, they mm-hmm. Hey, oh man, now I kind of miss that guy. Right? <laughs> oh my god, it, it's like Lego Batman movie all over again. Right? Like, he killed a lot of people, but I love that guy. <laughs> right? Um, but Patrick, how, how how did you like this trailer? Uh, a little. I'm a little bit more interested than what I was I was originally. Uh, I I'm still super concerned about introducing so many more antagonists into the plot because i mean like it, it was it was hard enough with just the bad cgi steppenwolf and then you know like and then you know like all the other subplots that were going on and now you're introducing more villains into this so you know like you know like put this cabal of villains together and you know have the justice league fight them okay that you know that I get where they're trying to go with this, but at the same time, I, I think, you know, I, and I just look back traditionally that when you look at movies that have had multiple villains in them, it convolutes the end result more often than not. Now I hope I'm wrong in this, but I I'm just hoping that it's not completely convoluted as far as the characters go. I'm excited to see more of Affleck's Batman in it. Um, with, with the Joker part of the, of the trailer, I'm interested a little bit more in that because like I said, I, you know, was Leto a great Joker? Uh, Yeah. I, I respect the fact what DC was trying to do, taking that big swing with him in suicide squad and they're bringing him back, you know, like I, I respect what they tried to do there, but you know, as far as the other, you know, like wonder woman, amazing you know, Aquaman, Flash, and Superman, you know, especially, you know how I feel about Superman. It's just like, oh, you weren't, you're wearing a black suit. Ooh, you know, like, (laughs) whatever, you know, like, just, I I want, I want, I want the story to, I want the story to actually grow. And I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm really concerned about having too many antagonists. Well, the black suit to me was, a um was a deal breaker in why i didn't enjoy the theatrical version uh you read the comics death death of superman when he came back it was in that black suit and what frustrated me about superman dying and coming back in that same superman suit was i think josh whedon thought we were all just completely stupid superman got stabbed through the suit in bvs Right. No one brought up the fact that that suit was perfectly stitched and brand new in that theatrical version. Right. So the black suit means a lot because in the comics, that's what he came back in. He had the long hair. Uh, he came back in that black suit, but more so because the other suit should still be damaged. Mm-hmm. You know, like you didn't have time to come back, fix it, sew it together, and then go out and fight Steppenwolf. Oh, man, I wish that was some of the uh, extra scenes in this. Get over here. Yeah. I, I, I have a theory. I have a theory on how that happened. It's like, where's Martha? Oh, I got this, honey. and we got this i had a crazier theory on on how he could have gotten that suit fixed like we know at some point he meets up with alfred 
Picture if he just goes, Bruce said I could ask you for anything. Do you mind sewing yeah. back together for me? And Alfred would be like, no worries. We actually have five extra right. suits because five. you know, yeah. he wants to be prepared. Yeah. The, the, story, the story made it so Bruce expected you to come back. So I made right. it. Uh, but no, the, uh, I, I, don't think th- I don't think introducing more uh, antagonists would be a problem, mainly because I think all the dark side scenes are either nightmare or they're before present day. Um, so I don't think they'll actually be fighting any of Darkseid and his minions in this. I think this is still the premise of fighting Steppenwolf. They're going up against Steppenwolf and all the uh, and, and all the little minions. They have actual names, but I'm blanking. Um, Darkseid here is just to give us a better idea on why Steppenwolf is doing all this. I don't think the theatrical version did a good enough job. It's just kind of like, Need to find these mother boxes. Why? I don't know. Like, okay. <laughs> All right. Right. Like, yep. yeah, I don't know. It's like, I just landed here. You know, I don't know. Um, right. But anyway, I, I do hope this is good for the Snyder uh, cult fans and they're happy enough to maybe go away. I would be excited, Juwan. I think the other thing that in the trailer that stuck out as I was really hopeful for a good story of Cyborg, and it did look like from the trailer that I mean, we didn't get a lot, but it, it looks like there's there's more. Um, that was one of the storylines in the movie that I was I. I I enjoyed, but wanted it, it just fell flat. There wasn't enough, but like him and his father, I, I hope that we get more of that and seeing the, the trailer made me feel like maybe, maybe we'll actually like, like have a connection to cyborg. I don't think we got that, you know, what he wasn't developed enough. Yeah. I will say it's a give and take with Zach. So for a lot of fans that couldn't really, that couldn't really care less about cyborg, but likes the nostalgia of him, like hearing the booyah. Zach mm-hmm. made it clear we won't get booyah in his cut. He finds those <laughs> catchy catchphrases to be lame. You know, he's so above that. Um, but Zach apparently is the only person that loves Cyborg. So he is going to flesh him out. We will see him as a quarterback. We will see him. I mean, if he's going to be there, then make him worthwhile. I if I if I never see Cyborg again, I I'd, I'd be completely. It's it's the most boring character I've ever seen. Like, oh, I don't disagree. It, 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 I just like, wish that they would make him interesting if he's going to so, be there. So so let me let me get this straight. Cyborg is like your Anthony Mackie in the DC universe. <laughs> okay, just wanted to make wait, sure. Wait, I, I I don't mean to go political here whatsoever, but someone brought this up to me. Um, earlier this week, someone said, Juwan, it seems like every podcast you do, you find a way to say you don't like a character. It just so happens to be black. And I sat back and I was just like, that's not true. And then I thought about it. I was like, this episode, I just said how much I didn't like, um, Dom, what was the, the actor? Makad uh, Brooks. Brooks. And I was just like, oh my God, I do not <laughs> know what that is. Like, <laughs> I was like, I, I got to do some some inward looking a little bit. Too often. Uh, so for the premise of this, I love Cyborg. And I can't- <laughs> well, if I if I could, Juwan, I really love uh, Joe Morton who played his dad. I love him as an actor, and oh, so I think that amazing. was part of the reason I wanted that story to be told was because yeah. I was like, God, I'm so excited that Joe Morton is in this, and so. I think that was more for me. I've never been like, 
yay cyborg but when i saw the interaction with them and joe morton i was like how can how can you not have a great story with him the doom patrol version though of cyborg is just fantastic to me i feel like that's a great adaptation of john's shaking his head here but (laughs) i'm sorry cyborg belongs in one story and one story only and it's the teen titans i don't like them outside of that i I really don't because you're you're making it to be like all right so i compare it to everyone trying to say like oh spider-man should be part of the young avengers it's like did people forget they just spent this whole time making him an avenger why would they demote him to being head of like the kids table no, right. that's, that's a spit in the face. So to me, the opposite of that is Cyborg in the comics is only ever at the kids' table. It wasn't until Jeff Johns did the new 52 run where Cyborg is at the grown-up table, and I'm like, so you took out Martian Manhunter and put in Cyborg, and I'm supposed to be okay with that. No, I don't like it. I don't like it. I don't like it. I don't like it in the Doom Patrol. I don't like it in Justice League. Get him out of there. Put him at the kids' table. Well, and, and your and your first problem was that you were referring to Spider Man as an Avenger, which he shouldn't be there anyways. So. Oh my gosh, we're not going down. Oh, you're not okay. hating Play. on Spider Man. You were about to right say now. something, Clay. You were about to say something, Clay. Yeah. So I we're going <laughs> to ignore what he just said. For sure. For sure. Um, and I, yeah, man, I'm so infuriated by that. I completely lost what was in my head. <laughs> <laughs> um ah, right, damn you so patches if, if it pops back in let me know but we're gonna yes. move on um I, I said this to t and dom at the top of the show um i have gina Pirano as a topic on here um if you guys don't feel comfortable going into that not a problem um my me breaking it down is more so talking the overall not her specifically uh so just let me know when, when, when i pass it to you but I'll kick this. Well, off. I'm going to bed, but it's not because of Gina Carano. <laughs> <laughs> <You're> like, <laughs> when I disappear, you'd be like, "Damn, she was like, oh hell no." <laughs> yeah. was like, I'm staying away from Gina Carano. Um, but no, so so the way I'm going to kick this off is obviously we we got the news that Gina Carano has been let go by not only the Mandalorian show but Disney. Um, I believe Tia, you told me they're pulling the the line of her toys, yeah, um, from the Mandalorian because of comments she made. Uh, I believe against anti, uh, uh and I, it, it was against trans, um, and it was also the anti Semitic, right? The, the comparison she made. Um, uh, I want to talk more so cancel culture, and the reason why I want to talk cancel culture is. You guys have to understand, and this isn't specifically to to Gina. This is more so all the people we've seen people try to cancel. You guys have to understand in this society, no shot to Joker, but in this society (laughs) that we live in, um, there is a thing called forgiveness and compassion. And what I mean by that is when you fire someone, right? Like if if I came out on an episode, like if I came out on this episode and I just said the most flagrant of things, right? And you guys immediately were like, Juwan will never be part of GVN again. I'll never be on this podcast. To me, I feel as though that doesn't teach me anything. That hatred that I still have still exists. You know, that backward thinking that I have still exists. To me, the proper thing to do would be a teaching moment, would be to teach the, and I don't mean of most extreme things, guys. So 
but you're canceling the <laughs> yeah. I understand that. Right, right. Um, I just mean so more so of oh, this is something I tweeted back in 2006. It's 2021, and you're you're holding me to that. Um, to me, I kind of feel like it's just a learning moment. Teach that person, because to me, like the whole Kevin Hart thing, right? I know, and Don, maybe you could speak to this. I know in, in, in black communities, what he said is what you hear so often in black communities. So to us to say that we're not thinking, oh, we're offending someone. That's just what we grew up hearing all the time. It was used more so like, like a joke, not more so to, to oppress anyone, right? So to me, it's like, if that's all a person knows, you gotta teach them out of that. Firing them doesn't get them out of that. It doesn't teach them anything. And my comparison to that is whenever you whoop a kid, right? Like kid steals candy at a store, right? You whoop them. You don't ever tell them why it's bad to steal, why it's not good, you know, how it, it you know, it could affect the business, stuff like that. Do you know why that kid won't steal again? Because he fears you'll whoop them. Not because he understands that stealing is bad, right? That to me is not how you, you properly teach someone. You got to get them to understand what they did was wrong and hope that they can move forward understanding not to do that again, right? So to me, it's just like, all right, you fired her. That doesn't change anything that she thinks, <laughs> you know? Like, we have to explain to her why her rationale is wrong. And if she continues to do what she was doing, that's on her. But at least we gave her a teaching moment for her to understand this is how actual people feel hear us you know and it just bothers me where we live in a society to where it's like prison isn't how it should be it's not meant to reform it, it really isn't it, it's meant to break you it's meant to break you it's why people come out and what's the first thing they do if they went to jail for shoplifting as soon as they get out shoplifting again why because you didn't rehabilitate them while they were in there you just treated them like a cage monster it's about learning it's about teaching these people why the things they did were wrong and teach them how to become better people or more open people, you know? And I just, I don't like the society that we live in. That's like, Oh, you made a mistake. Nah, you're done. You're done. Don't ever come back. It's like, that's not how the world should work. But unfortunately in every institution of this world, it's how it works. It really is. You went to jail once when you were 16 and now you can't get a job. Like, that's not how a, a, a functioning world should work. So that's how I view this situation. Cancel culture should just look to inform people more than to just write out cancel them. Like that doesn't, like if she sees someone that's trans, that's not gonna make her go, you know what, I got fired for this. I respect you now. No, she probably still thinks the same thing. She just won't be as open about it. Um, so to or if me, anything, like, she's gonna be more infuriated by it. Exactly, right. Yeah. She'll feel as though yeah. that, that's fueling her, exactly. Right. So to me, I just view it as you wanna teach people so that they can become better people. But when you're not teaching them and you're allowing to just allowing them to just stew in, in the craziness that goes on in their heads, nothing good comes from that. And what's the very first thing she did? I'll show you, world. I'll go team up with some other people so you guys have to hear me. Does yeah, it sound she, you guys? She, can go, she can go have fun with Ben Shapiro at the Daily No, no, Wire. no. I'm sure it's going to do amazing. <laughs> I agree with you, Tia, but my point is, does, it, does that sound like someone who's learned their lesson? Does that sound like someone who understands that their words really hurt someone? 
No, no, not at all. So that's my point. You want to teach people um, so that they can become better people. You don't just cancel and throw away people. Um, Now, so people out there don't, don't, I'm not saying, oh, you killed someone. Well, let me just tell you why that's bad and give me a hug. Like, no, (laughs) obviously there's a line I'm putting here. Um, but I have to put that disclaimer out there because I know someone in the comments is going to be like, oh, murder's cool, Juwan? No, it's not. Um, but all right, so <laughs> I'm going to pass it. I'm going to pass it on to you, Dom. Again, you can attack this this topic however you want. Um, I don't have a right answer, right? I don't think anybody does. However, I do think that in Gina's case or anybody – who has tweeted or posted something insensitive very recently over the past year, you know what you're doing. You wanted to ruffle some feathers. You wanted to, well, I'm being attacked, so I'm going to show them that this is how I feel. Now, most of us grew up in, in a society where you didn't necessarily talk politics very much, not openly, and you did with your close group of friends, You did it within your home, but you don't go out and wear T-shirts and tell everybody this is who I'm for because it just caused unnecessary friction. Like, I don't care who you vote for, honestly, but like the fact that you are putting in my face, like whatever your thing is, that's when it starts to become an issue. Now, I don't I don't really mess with cancel culture too much just because like you said, what, is there going to be like a hate island where everybody who's been canceled goes to this island like, well, me too. And then we're just out here and he's got a whole island or state like that's like seceded full of people who've been canceled. You know what I mean? So there, is, there does have to be some kind of rehabilitation or some kind of something to let them know, hey, what you did was, was messed up. Now, you can say whatever the hell you want to say, but just like you can say what you want to say, people can respond how they want to respond too. So if you say some stupid shit, expect a stupid response back. Um, now- That's called freedom of speech. Yeah. I can respond however I want. Right, and yep. I know Gina possibly, and I, I, so I'm not gonna say that she was purposely being malicious because I, ha- I don't know her, so I have to assume that she just felt the way. But she also, has been in the limelight through sports and entertainment for a long time, you know what to say and what not to say. Like, you're not a person who is usually openly political. I know that she's a devout conservative and we know that, but like, I can be, you know, in favor of clowns, but you don't see me putting on clown face paint every day. Um, <laughs> so I just don't, I don't, I don't, I'm, I'm not quite sure what the correct response should be for someone who does something, because like with her, with social media being so big, her saying that, and she's like, say that she drives uh, cars for me. And then as soon as somebody goes to like uh, pick up something, they see her like, well, I don't want to deal with her. So maybe that's why they, you know, you got to get rid of some people sometimes because now I don't want to watch Mandalorian because she said that or she did that or anybody who's done something. Now there, there is redemption. Right, we saw Michael Vick still gets shit on by people because of his situation. He served his time. That's supposed to be like, hey, I did my shit. I paid my debts to society. I'm supposed to get somewhat of a fresh start. 
So it's that forgive but don't forget type of thing. Right. Um, and he, in, in some form, he's got back to where he kind of was beforehand with all these different shows he commentates and things like that. So now Gina's response is very weird to like run to somebody like Ben Shapiro who's like I've listened to him. He's honestly not as smart as he thinks he is. He doesn't make as many good points as he thinks he does. He just seems like a Tucker Carlson type where he's going to go where the money is. So if me being salacious for the sake of being salacious makes me money, that's what I'm going to do. Because if people don't know, Tucker, Tucker Carlson before worked for Fox, worked for CNN, and worked for MSNBC, he's bounced around all through all these different places. So mm-hmm. all these people, that's what they do. They're, they're shock jock type of people. Yep. And it's not, though. And you are... We've already seen, you know, with history not being told correctly or being watered down. Her comparing uh, being a conservative to feeling like you were at Auschwitz, it doesn't make any sense. You know what I mean? And that just, like, make your own memes. If you don't understand the meme, make your own. Because clearly she just took something from somebody else and was like, that's it. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know the right response. I don't know what you do, because, like I said before, we didn't have social media, so this wasn't that big of an issue. It was normally some celebrity got caught with the pants down, and that was the thing. It was never <laughs> what somebody said, you know what I mean? And now I don't, I don't usually get offended too much by anybody saying anything because we could fight and we could solve an issue. Um, <laughs> so Zena is an ex-fighter. Put her in the ring with uh, Clarissa Shields. And that's her punishment, getting her ass beat, um, unless she wins. <laughs> um, you know what I mean? So, like, I, I don't know what her route to redemption is. You know, we're all going to forget about it at some point um, until we don't. So I want to bring something back up again and whatever. So it, it, it's hard. It's a hard lane to, to, to traverse. But I, I don't really I – don't, I don't mess with it because you can't – just shun everybody for saying stupid shit. Because I'm sure back in the day, I've said something super stupid. I just probably didn't post it online because I'm an overthinker. So I don't want, I I honestly, like, (laughs) that's why I don't tweet that much. I'm trying my best not to end up in an argument because I don't have the energy to argue. You know what I mean? So I'll type something out, read it a couple times, like, that's stupid. I'm going to delete that. Type something out. Oh man, that's gonna get me in trouble. You know what I mean? Like we're all at this point, we're all a brand. Everybody on social media who's trying to make money by way of social media, we're all a brand. And if you know that that's gonna hurt your brand, why even say it? You can feel how you feel, but why, what's the point of saying that? I don't get it. So, yeah, um, I'm sure. Shoot, I, I would say I'm sure that we're all <laughs> do better, but people keep stepping in it um, because they just have that point of like. Okay, I don't care. I'm just gonna say what I want to say. But just know there's consequences. You steal some shit, you go to jail. You you do some racist, anti-Semitic type things, you get fired, I guess. You know what I mean? So um you just you gotta think twice, man. And it, it is hard to restrain ourselves sometimes because you know, I bite my tongue so much, you know what I mean? But I use what I see as a muse that goes into whatever I'm writing because if people haven't read my, my reviews, there's always a social aspect that I write at the beginning and the first paragraph to kind of 
blend whatever the movie is trying to say with what's going on right now. I try to try to blend it, and that's how I get out from everything I've witnessed and read and seen on social media into this film. Um, so I feel like that's probably the best route. People have to kind of you can have discourse without being hateful. You know what I mean? Like, and people got to figure that out. So I, I feel like, like I said, I don't know the right response or the right answer to those situations, but definitely like just completely ostracizing a person doesn't help. But if there is like a timeout period, it, it might. And that gives them that like, hey, go do some sensitivity training or go eat a Snickers. I don't, I don't know. They got to figure it out. <laughs> Yeah, I, I mean, I, I I love everything you said. And, and again, I'm with you. You know, she made those comments knowing the kind of effect it, it would have, right? So if Disney decided to fire her, no problem. I'm not speaking out against that. I just, I'm of the mindset of, let's say six years from now, she's in a D, you know, she's, she gets cast for a, a DC movie. I don't think, you know, because we don't know her as a person, right? We have no idea. We can only go off of what she says in interviews, what she posts on social media, right? So if she stays away from posting this kind of stuff on social media, she's not saying anything crazy. And six years from now, she wants to re-enter this geek world. I don't think we should go, but wait, 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 wait. Six years ago, no, that's that's not how we should work. We have yeah, no exactly. idea what she's done in that time span to yeah, become yeah, yeah. A, a, a better person. Your actions after the fact have to be what shows us that you change that, that's where i went to go right like, you just said like yeah I'm, I'm, I'm the same mindset if you said something messed up back in the day i need to see that you have changed your ways over time whether you uh we just see a different personality you've donated money you've whatever even if it's a bullshit pr stunt that money was real that you donated you know what i mean right. the people you talked right. to was real we don't know, you know, what people take into the mind. You know, I can listen to a podcast and not retain any of it because it was just in my ear as, as fodder. You know what I mean? So, yeah, the actions after the fact have to do with change, which is why we saw Michael Vick redemption. He donated. He worked at it. He talked about it. He owned up to his mistake. And then he got back in the graces of the people for the most part. So those are the steps she has to, to take to get to that point. And everybody else who makes those mistakes. Yeah. Um, just saying, none of us are perfect. You know, that that's that's all I say. I, I Dom, you said something that you might have said a while ago. I'm sure I said something stupid 20 minutes ago. Uh, don't hold that against me 20 minutes from now. I probably heard myself say it, say it and was like, oh, shit, I, I didn't even mean that. You yeah, know? you're talking about <laughs> Superman being a good character. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm going to see you next. Your, your thoughts um, either – you know, the cancel culture or the, the Gina uh, Piranha situation. So I want to make uh, comments on both. So cancel culture um, and sometimes is necessary in the sense of what we see happening with Marilyn Manson, right? Um, can be very necessary. In other cases, James Gunn tweeting out shit 10 years ago, like, holy shit, when I was 15 in my space, I'm going to be 31. The freaking uh, type of humor back then was like the darkest sort of shit that you've ever heard, right? So for him making, you know, jokes that were inappropriate 10, 11 years ago, and then suddenly getting fired for it a year ago, totally out of left field. People are trying to cancel Chris Pratt, 
Now, as far as I know, Chris Pratt has really never said anything. He just goes to a very conservative church. I'm Catholic. I grew up Catholic. Um, there's a lot of things in the Catholic church that they are against that I'm not against because I have a mind and I sit there going just because at, at church they, you know, preach against certain things doesn't mean I believe in it. Um, you know, it, it, it's different. So just because say Chris Pratt's church says things like that, doesn't mean that he feels that way. And, and this is America. We have freedom of religion. So people shouldn't be, you know, ostracized due to their religion. But so now let's go into the case of Gina Carano, though. As Dom was saying, she knew what she was doing. She knew that that tweet or Instagram post would garner a reaction. Um, you know, the Holocaust didn't happen that long ago. People are still alive today from it um, and feeling the effects. That's a very sore subject for a lot of people. And I don't believe that she put it out there just to state things. I think she put it out there because she knew it would get a reaction. Um, and I think I had said this to you, Juan, or on Twitter or something. When you are employed, you have to understand that your employer is going to see you on social media. When I was younger, I put something out on Facebook against my boss. I wasn't even friends with my boss on Facebook. Two days later, I got called to the back office and said, what was up with you bad mouthing me and my company on Facebook? Um, I didn't get fired for it, but I could have, but that's in a totally bigger scale with Gina Carano and Disney. So it's like you, it is your responsibility to represent the studio that you work for correctly. Disney is a family friendly studio who has had pretty bad past ties being anti-Semitic. So that's a really bad look for them to have someone who tweets something out like that. Should they have pulled her aside and maybe spoken to her. Yes, I don't know if they did or not because I'm not in those sort of meetings. So maybe they have had talks with her in the past saying like, hey, you can't really put that because that's a really bad representation of our company. And maybe she said, it's my personal accounts. I can do whatever I want. I don't know. I don't hate Gina Carano. I don't know her as a person. So I'm not going to say that she's a terrible person, but I think that she should have thought before she acted um, and this is just the result of doing it again. She's an employee. She put something out on social media. It did not reflect the employer correctly. And they took the action that they realistically had the right to take. Now, I will say one last thing before I stop on my soapbox. It really annoyed me when I tweeted out and there was someone, I won't say his name, that tweeted to me that as a woman, I should be supporting Gina Carano as the victim. Um, I am a feminist, which means women should be treated equal to men, which means if a woman does something dumb, should get the same exact reaction as a man would for doing something dumb. So no, I'm not going to support Gina Carano in this case, because I think she's some delicate flower getting, you know, abused or victimized. So wanted to just put that out there, because <laughs> it that annoyed me. I hate that when people are like, you're a woman, you have the same parts. So you should, you know, automatically support no matter what. And I'm like, hell no, not at all. <laughs>
that's that's not how society should work whatsoever. <laughs> Could you picture yeah. if all guys had to had to like be cool with everything that guys do? Yeah, no, <laughs> no way, yeah. no yeah. way. That's yeah. Don't hold me to that. <laughs> like, yeah. don't please don't do that. Um, Clay, I'll go to you next. Uh, your your thoughts on the situation, whichever way you want to attack it. Sure. Um, I I I think listening to everybody, you know, I, I, I'm in agreement, right? Um, first, I don't have the answers, right? I don't know what the right course of action is. Um, you know, when I saw that, that the, the decision came down, um, I, I didn't go in and I didn't, I didn't read like what she tweeted. So I don't have knowledge of any of that, but I think I, I was disappointed, you know, for the reasons that you mentioned, Juwan, I felt like it was a missed opportunity. I think that, that there is an inability to have a conversation in today's society with someone that you don't agree with. Right. Um, and, and I think that too, too often and too quickly, we choose to, you know, draw that line in the sand and say, you're obviously against me. I don't want to hear anything that you have to say anymore. Go away. Right. And there's no, like, there's no growth from that. Like you can't, you can't have that conversation or, or hear that, that idea in your head that you don't agree with. And, and not that, not that you, not that you should, right. Not that you should accept what they're bringing to the table, but you've got to have that conversation. Right. Um, you know, I, I'm liberal, right. And I live in Indiana, which is not liberal. Right. So, I have had to, you know, I, my neighbor is a gun toting Trump supporter. Um, but we have conversations around the campfire, right? Yeah. He knows where I stand. I know where he stands. We have a respect, right? Yeah. I love his kids. He loved my kids. Like, I'm glad that he's my neighbor, right? But we have that disagreement. And, and I wouldn't, you know, I certainly hope that, that he changes his political viewpoint, right? But I'm not, I, I, our friendship isn't based on that, right? Like it's, it, I, and I think that, again, it feels like people speak in hyperbole way too often, right? And, and then there's immediately that, that, like I said, that line in the, in the sand drawn. And I think to your point, Juwan, doing that, makes her a martyr, you know, which makes her feel righteous in her stance and deepens that line in the sand. Right. And then you, you just, you live in that divisiveness and it's unfortunate. Yeah. The divide only grows. Um, and, And I love that you say that because I always tell people, me and Tia, not that we disagree on it, but you know, we were saying, we were talking about this a while ago, you know, I was telling Tia, I have a lot of people in my life that within my family that have different political views than me. And I just say, let's not talk politics. It's as simple as that. You know, if we're ever at Thanksgiving dinner, don't put on the news. Don't do the, oh, so let's talk about what's happening. And don't do any of that. Because when, well, you know, oh, go ahead, T, I'm well, sorry. When I was growing up, the three things that you were told not to talk about is religion, politics, and sex. Those are three things you're not supposed to speak about. And it's like, you'd be amazed that like, I have friends who have different opinions, political, whatever, you know, and it's like, 
you know, religious and it's like, it's fine, you know? So it's like, I get that completely. Like Clay saying his uh, gun toting, you know, Trump support and neighbor and everything. I worked at a fucking gun range, you know? I, I was around all of those people, you know? But <laughs> my whole thing just comes from, as we were talking about, uh, not to like drive it home, it's just you're employed by a company and they're allowed to do and we don't know what happened behind the scenes if someone tried to take her aside and say this is not a good image for disney you're a disney person family friendly smiles you know and all that we're trying to sell toys here it doesn't really go in our brand if you're sitting there tweeting out you know holocaust pictures right I, I, I love where you're coming from. My three things that I always tell everyone uh, at the dinner table that uh, do not talk about. Batman, religion, and, and politics. Don't stir up those. You don't want those kind of conversations from Juwan. I'll uh, dive right into Batman. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Patrick, to end this out on this, uh, your thoughts on this Gina situation, uh, whichever, however you want to attack it. Well, um, with, with, with my, uh, my office job that I work with, one of the big things I preach to everybody is the fact that, you know, I'm, I'm at least a decade older than everyone else that I work with. And what I, the biggest thing I try to preach to everyone is perspective. Okay. It doesn't matter if I feel a certain way, if you feel a certain way, all right? The simple fact of the matter is everybody is going to have differing opinions. It doesn't matter if you feel the same way about politics, religion, Batman, or, you know, Superman, or anything else. The more you talk, the more you're going to find something to where you're going to disagree on. So, what does it matter if it's a you know you know batman or politics it doesn't matter it's a difference of opinions all right the trick is trying to gain perspective all right why do you think about this like if i get mad at work you know like guys tell me you know like you know it, when you know like when you get irritated at work we just stay away from you okay well you're just running away and just finding another outlet. So instead of doing that, why wouldn't you take a step back like I do with you guys when you guys are having a bad day and go, why is he mad? Right. What is making you mad? And what brought you to this point? So, I mean, like for me, it, it's, you know, it, it, it is literally a matter of perspective. I try, I, I have always tried to pride myself on, you know, like looking at all sides of the story, you know, and in my opinions, I, I mean, Clay's known me for 20 years. You like, I guarantee you, like he and I have disagreed on multiple things throughout. But we've Spider-Man. still been we yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. we have still been friends for 20 years, you know, no, no matter what, you know, and and it doesn't it really doesn't matter. Now, like you know, like like Clay, I live in Indiana as well. You know, it's a it's a it's a very red state, and you know, people have 
you know, their opinions. Am I a blue guy? Yes. You know, I'm, I'm not a, I'm not afraid to say that, but at the same time, it's not that I don't respect the views of people on the other side of my opinions. So, you know, again, you know, if people could just take a breath, look back at what you're actually saying and what you're actually doing that might affect someone else, you know, because unfortunately we have, and we have grown up now ever since. And, you know, I, and I say this with a bullet because we're on social media now, right? We, we promote through social media. We have, you know, like podcasts is a social media platform, you know, like everything we do is social media, but since the advent of social media, I feel that, that our culture has become lazy and they don't do the thinking for themselves and they don't put what's that no i I, I agree that that's that's how powerful social media is yeah exactly yeah 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 so unless you unless you are prepared to do the thinking for yourself which i try i try to do to the best of my ability and everybody has their thing but don't just read a headline as you're like scrolling up on your cell phone and go, well, son of a bitch, this happened and that happened, you know, so on and so forth. It doesn't matter. Hit it. And, you know, like, and actually read, you know, or, and if, you know, like even like, again, the perspective, if that doesn't sound right, look for the op, look for the opposing side of that story. And try, I mean, because it doesn't matter. Each side, you know, like it, one side says one thing, one side says the other. There's always a middle ground between the two, right? right? So find the middle ground and then at that point, formulate your opinion and then go on from there. And if someone doesn't agree with you, so be it. That happens. It, it, but it's, it's not the end of the world because at the end of the day, your life still, you're still going to wake up the next morning. You're still going to put on your shoes. You're still going to go to work. You're still going to come home. Yeah. And, and I, I love you saying that. And I'm going to end it on this. What I always go to, I always reference this whenever someone is, is getting information that they didn't come to on their own, that they're getting from the news or they're getting from social media. I'll never forget Killer Mike had this show on Netflix where he would go around, you know, to, to certain people. There was this one episode where he was taught, he was in a, uh, like an old, like a retirement home. And he asked this one old lady, um, who does she think is responsible for like some of the crime within her state? And she was just like, well, black people. And he asked her, well, why do you think that? And she goes, because I watched the news and then killer Mike was like, well, what you might not know is most of the murder that happens in your state aren't from black people. It's a very small percentile, you know, a percentage, but to her, the news said it. So it's gospel. Right. Well, I mean, that's like, I recently heard someone go, um, you know, Hillary Clinton should still be put in jail. And I was like, well, what did she do to really get? And he's like, I don't know. She just needs to go to jail. And I was just like, yeah, I mean, if you can't tell me why, you know, and this isn't even come from someone who like, you know, like not to get political, but like not really that huge of a Hillary Clinton supporter, but it's like, why should she go? You know? Yeah. I mean, just, just to bring it back to what we do. 
I've seen people not go see a movie because someone that they enjoy as a critic was like, nah, that movie was hot garbage. And yeah. I always say it brings me back to when Punisher Warzone came out. The newspaper, this was before social media was like big, big, big. The newspaper and the news were telling everybody in their mother, it's the worst thing ever. Don't don't spend your money. Don't go. And I remember me, my dad, my, my older brother were like, let's just go. You know, it's, it's early on like a Saturday. Let's just go. I still to this day think that's one of the best portrayals of Punisher ever. I was so glad that I went out and saw it and formed my own opinion. Well, even That's in sports, I mean, look, look at sports. How many people are like, oh, I'm, you know, like I'm never watching sports again after Kaepernick did his yeah, thing. And right. then all of a sudden 2020 hit. And then look at the influx of, of fans and viewership and everything else. It's like, well, yeah. you know, and everyone was like, and then everyone's like belly aching. Oh, well, blah, 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 blah. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, now you guys have perspective, right? Oh, hello. And I, you know, it's, it's just like, uh, you know, that's, that's a great example of perspective. Yeah. I, yeah. I know someone personally that was, uh, that swore off the NFL. And I remember I, I, it just popped up in my head, like this past Super Bowl. So I texted him and I was like, man, that was a crazy Super Bowl. He's like, yeah, I know. Right. I was like, but you weren't watching it. <laughs> like, yeah, right. Watch it. And he was like, Yeah. I was like, all right, yeah, okay. Yeah. Yep. So. Um, yeah, all right. Yeah. Let, let, let's move on. We got two more topics left so we can get out of here. Uh, we got some casting news. Um, Andy Muschetti of uh, the director of The Flash. I know, relax, Patrick. Um, <laughs> no, no, I got I got no I well No I mean, no 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 I, the casting news I'm about to say. That's why I'm like, hold on. Um, oh, <laughs> he gave us our official uh, casting for Supergirl that will be in the Flash movie. Why? I hope <laughs> not for the reasons that, uh, that, that I'm thinking, but I'll get to that in a second. Um, but I'm a huge fan of this actress. Uh, I don't care what people in the comments are going to say. My aunt watches Young and the Restless. She is a series regular on the Young and the Restless. Uh, she plays a chef. Um, have the biggest crush on her. Um, so to see this was like the first thing my aunt said was, You're gonna try to interview, aren't you? I said, You're goddamn right. <laughs> that was the first text I sent. I need that interview. Um, anyway, the actress's name is Sasha Kalye. Um, she will be repri uh, not reprising, sorry, she will be Supergirl <laughs> in the Flash movie. Uh, the reason why this scares me a little bit, there was a rumor a year and a half ago that Warner Brothers was leaning more towards not doing a Superman movie but replacing him with Supergirl. And nothing makes me angrier than you not giving me the original character, but then choosing to replace them. Um, you doing a Batwoman show when you have not established Batman is just... Anyway, um, so she will be Supergirl. <laughs> <in> the... <laughs> Sorry, I just remembered all the reasons I originally yep. hated that woman being a show. I saw an involuntary um, tick right there. By yeah, the way, you, you know what it, you know what it is. It's like people forget Batwoman became Batwoman because of the symbol Batman was. So when there's no Batman, and then it just spins out of nowhere, there's a Batwoman. It's like context. Why? Where did you? Why? You know. But anyway, uh, so we have our Supergirl. I'm just, I hope that this means Man of Steel 2 will have her teaming up with Henry Cavill, uh, reprising his role at Superman, not a replacement. Don't, 
See, I'll go to you first. Sorry. Again, stressing it. I'm like, sorry. I'm just, I'm just watching Clay's cat be needier than uh, <laughs> some of mine. Sorry. Yeah. No. Just, <laughs> oh, is, Good old Rosie. Yeah, she, Rosie is. She's in rare form tonight. I, I love her. She's like, y'all gonna notice me. Sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Drawn's been uh, on the kind of nerdy dude, so he knows Rosie. It's Rosie. You know what? Yeah. Yeah, you know what? I'm being rude. Rosie, what do you think? Of <laughs> yeah. <that's>, yeah. <laughs> it, Rosie is truly the star of my show. I'm right? just here. All right, yeah. Clay, how how terrified would you be if I formed that question and Rosie was like, "Well, you know what? <laughs> I wouldn't be um, here anymore." Right? I'd, yeah. <laughs> I would go, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! What? You can talk? Yeah, yeah nope, can. I'm out." Um, but Tia, uh, your thoughts on the casting and does this draw any questions for you on? why we need a Supergirl in a Flash Flashpoint movie? I mean, I will tell you, I thought it was a little strange when they said, oh, we're getting a Supergirl in the Flash. I thought, strange, okay? <laughs> but I, I'm more, I don't know the actress. You know I'm not the biggest fan of Ezra Miller's Flash. But I wanted to talk about the video where her name is Sasha, right? Mm -hmm where Andy told Sasha that she got the role. I don't know if you guys saw the video. It was so amazing, such a wonderful, heartwarming. Uh, I just love, for those who don't know, Andy, the director called Sasha and said, okay, we have a few follow-up questions. And he said, uh, can you fly? And she was like, I mean, I could try. I don't know, Andy, why are you asking me these questions? And he just like, shows the supergirl costume he's like you're so and she starts crying to where she almost like gets out of the focus and he has to like ask her he's like stop yen stop yen Sasha. And she's like no not stop yen like, you know and it was just it was just so adorable and it's like again don't know this actress really don't know a whole lot about supergirl but just it was just so heartwarming to see andy happy to see her happy and so that alone i'm like screw Ezra Miller as the Flash let's get let's get Andy Muschietti doing a Supergirl movie <laughs> just for that reason you were doing so well Tia like I was right there with you and then you had to make that right turn um, well you know I've got always got to just sprinkle it in there um I, I canceled I <laughs> no I, Let's yeah. cancel Tia everybody. Yeah, you should cancel um, yeah. <laughs> um, I was being stupid. <laughs> I, I will say, I, I will say, because um, I, I know a lot of people generally probably don't watch Young and the Restless. I will say Sasha is the one rare actress on that show that doesn't act as if it's a soap opera. Um, mm. and she is award winning. She she has won an award for, for her work on Young and the Restless. Uh, she is 25 years old. Um, so to me, that's, that's, that's high praise. That's, that's really high praise. Yeah. Considering that she won it like what, 30 years before Susan Lucci started on young and the restless. <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying oh, maybe 40 this, years. There's some salt in that wound. Holy cow. Right. A little bit, just a little bit. Just a little Sorry, salt. Susan. Um, so, so I, I really do think this, this is, um, and, and I love this. I, I love when directors go out and get people you're not, you're not that familiar with and make them into stars. Um, because this is something, like my mom was like, oh my God, does that mean she's leaving Young and the Restless? And I'm like, if she's good enough in this movie and they want to do a Supergirl movie, for sure she's gone. Because she'll blow up in Hollywood. You know, everyone will want a piece of her. So I'm like, 100%, she'll be gone. Like, 
they'll do an HBO Max series about Supergirl, and you'll never see her on Young and Restless. <laughs> um, so I'm I'm really 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 excited for her and yeah, I love her. Anyway, uh, Dom, uh, <laughs> your thoughts on the casting, and did you immediately question like Supergirl in a Flash movie? Oh, okay. <laughs> Normally it's like Supergirl. Why? Now, nah, um, <laughs> the, the, the casting is cool. Um, I already know. I already know what's coming after that. That came after the announcement, and it's the same shit that always happens when the the characters are not what people think they're supposed to look like, even though they're uh, fixed, Because uh. um, if they're good, yeah, who cares? Uh, I, I thought about that too, and the perfect response is, you know, they could just put a wig on her or dye her hair blonde. You know, that's right. a possibility, right? <laughs> I, I, I will say, aesthetics sometimes bother me, and then don't bother me. Like Joel, you you guys ever get a chance? Clay, uh, you don't know you don't know Joel, but you'll pod with him I, I, at some point. I, I would assume. Um, you ever ask Joel? Like, just ask him this. Does it really matter if Gambit has his Cajun accent? Watch how angry. <laughs> Watch out. The most useless of the X Men. Yes. Again, watch how angry we get. All right. Um, so for me, it's like if she has blonde hair or doesn't have blonde hair, I don't care. But if you ask me, Juwan, do you care if Black Canary has blonde hair? I would tell you a thousand percent. A thousand percent. Because that's more so to her you know to her character like that's very important to her character right why are you hating on katie cassidy man oh man don't even <laughs> start it on on katie cassidy <laughs> i know i'm sorry that, took, that 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 was a took, low blow that's my bad it took seven actresses to make one accurate black canary like that was disgusting i i, I will forever dislike mark guggenheim for that but anyway <laughs> but no um I, I mean i think i've, I've never seen her I've, I've never heard of her before um, so I guess we'll see. I mean, most of most of the bigger um, budget uh, projects, they don't really miss too much, um, whether it's DC or Marvel. Um, so I guess we'll just have to wait and see. But like as, as you said, if she's if she's that good, I mean, they picked the right person. And, and Patrick's face. I'm sorry. I don't mean to be laughing. I'm not trying to step on Dom's toes, but Dom, come on. <laughs> Who, who are you thinking about, Patrick? Ezra Miller. <laughs> Let's just say DC number one. But, dude, come on, Dom. Wait, wait, wait. So you think they've had a bad casting? Uh, Well, in in which context? I mean, hell. I mean, we can go, we can go through a span of multiple movies. I, I feel like the, the only misstep on the DC side was Lex Luthor. Right. The only reason why I'll never agree with that was Zach's mistake was in giving us how he becomes Lex instead of just letting him be Lex. When you see the end of Justice League, him on, on the cruise, uh, now on, the, on the yacht talking the to Slade Wilson, that's Lex. That's Lex right there. What he yeah. gave us in BVS wasn't necessary if your end goal was for him to be the more accurate Lex. So I think if people got more of the end of Justice League and less of BVS, it wouldn't have been as much of an issue. I don't think it was poor casting. I just think you didn't need to make him Riddler before you made him Lex Luthor. Like it was just, 
It was know, they didn't need to they didn't need to make him Mark Zuckerberg before they made him Lex right. Luthor. No, oh, so good point. I think it was less of a bad casting and more of just bad writing for that specific character. So that that's where I fall on that. But I don't think DC hero wise has casted a bad person yet. I mean, like Ben, Gal, you, Jason ben, Momoa, like Momoa. no one else could have made us respect Aquaman like Jason Momoa. You go up, yeah, that was a good casting. Tell him that Aquaman is stupid. Good, dude. Tr- trust me, I've been I've been in a photo booth with that man. That man is like a superhero. Yeah. Trust me, I know this for fact. But Dom, all right, so perspective, Dom, I didn't mean to step on your toes. That's my bad. But at the same time, you know, like Ezra, hey, a little questionable as a flash. I like how he's, you know, like a little juddy a little bit, you know. But at the same time, it's like, dude, you're right, Juwan. I I, I got to, I got you know, like it, it's more of the writing and how they directed them to portray the character as opposed to, the casting of the character themselves but ezra i'm i'm on team tia on this one yeah could have done a little bit better wait acting wise you thought he could have done a little bit better no no no. casting wise i i don't don't know i I mean to me and the only reason why i say i don't know is uh i can't remember the beginning name of it but the sunflower movie he did with the chicks from the harry potter movie um that was to me that modern that was a modern right. day version of, um, oh man, what's that where they're all in detention? Um, the classic. Breakfast Club. Yes, it was a modern day version of that. And that is such a beautiful movie. And there's I, the age clap, Clay. <laughs> right no, there. We're like, no. Breakfast Club. <laughs> and Juan's like, oh, I you know. Think- I yeah, like, hey, hey, Mr. Really Stark, do you remember that really old movie about- from the eighties? <laughs> yeah, that I saw in theaters. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Keep going. Yeah. I do think Ezra is, is is a good actor. I just, again, I think it was more so Zach's writing for him. But again, I, I say open your mind to Ezra because Andy could go into this going, I don't want my I don't want my Barry Allen like that. You know, I want to kind of sure him up a little bit, um, so we could see a different performance from his Barry than we've seen before. So that's why I'm like, just keep an open mind. And if he still doesn't sell you in the Flash solo, by all means. But to me, a so, uh, a team-up movie where the focus can't be you, it's really hard to judge someone, you know, because it's it's within a team-up. When you get your solo, if, if you're not hitting, then I get it. I get yeah, but it. I, I love judging people. No, <laughs> 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 But I, I mean, like, it, we it, just had this whole conversation. <laughs> I know, right? But I mean, it's like, I, I, I think if you do an, a an, a solo movie that has that has an ensemble with it, it's always better. So, like the Flash, like, and again, you know, like, and I'm I'm excited for us to have our all DC podcast here next week, Juan. Um, with you know, you mean Clay, uh, and and Tian Dom, you guys are invited too, obviously, because you know, it is what it is. Uh, but you know, like it, it's, I, I think it, I think it's always better for like a solo movie for a character that you know, like it, as far as like the mass, you know, like the mass populace doesn't completely understand, like people know the symbol of the flash, and even a pulp pop culture, you know, like say Big Bang Theory, you know, and Sheldon and 
you know, like all those guys and stuff. They don't know much about the Flash. They just know that, you know, like it's a DC character that the, you know, that a lot of people like, but with no context, it's better to have an ensemble with it. And if you have a strong ensemble, I think you're going to be good. I don't necessarily disagree, but your first time really seeing him as the Flash being in a movie that was obviously the worst put together movie in DCEU history isn't the proper thing. Like, it's not the proper thing to judge someone off of, right? Like, picture if someone was like, and I think T even alluded to this before, but picture like, man, I really hate Darcy or I really hate Jane. It's like, well, those were some really bad Thor movies. I think WandaVision and then I think uh, Thor Love and Thunder are better projects to judge those two characters off of because they'll just be better than those two original Thor movies. Go ahead. All right. So to to that point, and you know how I feel about Spider-Man, right? Okay. So Captain America Civil War. If you look at that movie, that was the first time ever in my life I saw Spider-Man and I was like, you know what? I like this guy. This is cool. He just came in like you had a quick backstory, right? You're like real short. There, like, yeah, there was no origin story. Yeah, right? there was no origin. There was no nothing. He, he didn't just, need to see the Uncle Ben die for like yeah, no, right. Time. Yeah, right. you didn't have to yeah. see the Uncle Ben. I don't mind. Yo, you, you had yeah. a quick you had a quick shot of Aunt May, blah, blah, blah. You know, like whatever the case is. But then he just jumped right in. And and it was, you know, like that was a great introduction. And that that's where I think the DCEU screwed up with the Flash. Because like there were there is there was a horrible like they, they're trying to tell his life story in a really short, you know, in like two, like what, 90 seconds. And then, you know, boom. Oh, you're you're part of the Justice League kind of thing. As opposed to, you know, you had a little, you know, you had, you had like five minutes of Stark and then, you know, and then Peter and everything else. But you're like, that's it. Then he comes in. And it's like, all right, now he's kicking ass. Yeah, and but you, I, I think it worked so well because Civil War was such a good movie. If Civil War was a bad movie, that might not have hit as well as it did. Like mm-hmm. Justice League, like, here's my point. Ezra Miller isn't why Justice League was bad. Right. That's it. That's my opinion. I'm not saying that factually. It's just my opinion. Right. Justice League was bad because it was poorly written, poorly written, poorly directed. Studio was just kind of like, hey, we just want to make money. We don't really care about this. To me, if this Flash movie doesn't work, then I get you guys. I get maybe he's just not the guy for the Flash. I get it, you know. But to me, I judge Chris Hemsworth a lot on how boring he was in the first two Thor movies. Guess what? Wasn't his fault. That was a directional thing. You watch Thor Ragnarok, and you're like, where has this Thor been? Like, he's so will, He's You know, he's so much better. So I'll that's why I'm going to give him a chance. I'll 100% agree with you there, Joan. Um, To me, Thor was, like, the lowest on the totem pole in the Avengers for me. I thought he was the most boring, plain, bread type of person ever. Um, you know, I only watched the first two Thor movies for Loki. I couldn't care less about his freaking, you know, story arc in the first Avengers and Age of Ultron. Suddenly Thor Ragnarok comes out and I'm like, love this guy. Who is he? Never seen him before in my life. And then he was great in Infinity War, great in Endgame. So it's like, right. yeah, no, I totally get it. Maybe Andy Muschietti will come and 
knock my socks off with this. I'm not opposed to being open. Like I full on ate my words and said, I hated Darcy Lewis before suddenly really like her in WandaVision. I'm totally fine with eating my words. And that's why I tell people, and guess what? Guess what's the commonality in all that? Just a change of director. That's it. Nothing else changed. The world hasn't changed. Feige didn't leave and a new person came in. It's just the director. That's how powerful a good director is. So I'm saying, you watch it. There's a few actors in there I've never heard of. I probably could care less seeing again. Andy brought the best out of all. One of the guys was the damn um, deodorant guy. And I remember- Yeah, that's right. (laughs) I really like that guy. He was pretty good at this, you know? So I'm like, you just have to be mindful of the idea that directors can affect an actor more than an actor can affect the movie. So to me, it's one of those things where it's like Andy could bring us the best flash we've seen and I'm open to it. You know, I, I'll say this. I've never said this before. I enjoy Grant Gustin's flash, but he doesn't knock my socks off. His emotion, his drive, his emotional scenes is what always captures me. Um, that dinner scene where Zoom comes in and grabs his dad is one of the most powerful oh. <laughs> acting scenes in anything superhero wise. Um, so, but to me, if someone came in and they're like, Hey, Chris Pine's going to be the flash. I'd be like, all right, sign me up. Let's do it. You know, but you had to give him a chance. And I remember as season one kind of went through, I was just like, God damn, this kid can act. This is the kid right. from the singing show. Like this is the guy. <laughs> right. Right. Act, right. So I'm just saying, just be patient with Ezra. You know, let's see if Andy can bring it out of him. If he can, we'll revisit it. If not, and like I said to you, I will openly come here and go, God, damn, can he not be the Flash? <laughs> and, and can, I, can I ask you, because, I, you know, Juwan, you, me, and Tia, and obviously Clay have talked a lot, but I would like to ask Dom a question because, like, in, in, the, con, in the context of what we're, we're talking about, like, as far as what I've been saying and, you know, like, and Clay, us, you know, like, begging on our, our co-hosts on the kind of nerdy dudes, is it is it are we wrong to be like so pessimistic bordering on cautiously optimistic because of what I'm I'm going to chalk it up to Warner Brothers interfering in the progress of the DC films No I uh they're like for for a while, I was very much opposed to any of the DC films. Um, I think, okay, I don't remember the, the first one I saw, but I know I, the, one of the ones I can remember the most was um, Batman vs. Superman. And I remember hearing everything uh, about it beforehand, and I went in and I was like, I don't know. <laughs> but then when I watched uh, Suicide Squad, I was like, I kind of like it. So, um, I don't. I don't know. Like I, I, with Ezra, I don't necessarily dislike him. He just doesn't have that like X factor that makes me go, "That's a superhero." He looks like I'll beat your ass. Like I, I just need like a guy who's like. So much- <laughs> I don't know. Like he just. He, I don't know. He kind of gives me like this. I want to punch you in the face. Like vibe. I don't. <laughs> Not his fault. That's just his face. But like, he has like pump face. Or that face. 
know. All I'm saying is, all we just learned from Dom is we can never have him as a casting director. <laughs> yeah, Dom, Dom would be the guy that would be like, oh, this is who you brought me? All right, cool. Can you fight? Like, wait, what? Yeah, put your hands up. Right yeah, like, I can see Dom. Like, if I beat your ass right now, you won't get this. Yeah. What does that have to do with acting? No, no. It's, it's the person, how I, gauge. It's how I gauge. The person comes in and he looks like, oh no, I, I want to punch you in the face. Turn right back around. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Turn right back around. Like, Turn right see, back around. When I see the whole Justice League, all the characters standing, standing there, I'm like, yeah, they all fit. Except for you, I don't. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I will say that is one of the most intriguing points of view: is to look at somebody and go, "I can whoop you." <laughs> <laughs> and then just go, "I don't believe you." Can, can, be you here. can you imagine? Can you imagine if you if they had like a puny Wolverine? Like we know that, like. He has right. a healing factor. We know that he has heightened senses, but if he was little, like puny, we'd be like, "Why do you have this <laughs> yeah. guy skilled in playing Wolverine?" This yeah, but but that don't mean you could beat him up, Dom. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he could. He just would get back up every time. <laughs> That's right, Dom's just like, "Yo, yeah. if I could body slam you, there's no way you could have this role." Yeah. Uh, Dom's right. not Let's saying see. that he can beat them. He's saying that it looks like you can beat them up. There's two very different things. All right. <laughs> let's let's finish this topic up. Um, Clay, I'm gonna go to you. How much pressure do you think is on an actress being in a big movie like this? Think about it. She's never really done movies of this of this magnitude, right? Her first big movie, she's playing an iconic character, and she's playing alongside two of the greatest Batman ever in Michael Keaton and, and uh, Ben Affleck. How much pressure do you think is, is on her to do what might even be a small role, but still? Unimaginable. Um, and, and I think that it will come to Andy's direction to get her through that. Right. Because she's, she's going to feel the weight because she's going to go online or, you know, she's going to hear the noise. Right. And if Andy can't tune that out, then we're going to see that on the screen. Um, you know, but I, I, to your point, I have confidence in his ability to do that. Having, you know, like it and it too are fantastic movies right and there was pressure on those kids because that was such a beloved thing right and and they knocked it out of the park so i think that if she trusts him enough to believe when he says like tune it out or you know whatever his process is going to be to get her through that um i think that that'll be it but if if i put myself in her shoes i just got this role i mean i'm it, holy crap i that's just so much pressure, right? So much. That, and the more you think about it, the worse it gets, right? It just yep. snowballs. Yeah. Yep. So, so I mean, I, I would definitely, if I was her agent, her mom, her dad, whoever, even Andy, I would tell her, avoid social media. Yep. You, know, you could post that you're Supergirl. Don't ever look at your comments. I'll even say it. As much as I love her, um, my casting for Supergirl was uh, Daenerys. Yeah. Um, someone that I thought had the muscular tone to her, someone that I thought was of stature uh, and someone I think could act right next to Henry Cavill. You know what I'm saying? But and to I, me, it's like, I, I got to give her the opportunity. I got to let her grow into yep. that, you know? Yep. And I think you've, 
being an actor, you have to assume everybody has someone else in their head. Yep. Right. Mm -hmm. Before I'm cast. So it's upon me, you know, to make this my own and it's either going to be accepted or it isn't right. But if I own it and I give it 110%, then it's out of my hands. But that's why I'm saying we sometimes have to be accepting because I remember everyone for the longest was like, Moon Knight's going to be Daniel Radcliffe. Daniel Radcliffe's going to be Moon Knight. And I know a lot of people were like, what? And look who we got as Moon Knight. Someone even better. Like right. we got Oscar Isaac as Moon Knight. No one ever thought that was ever possible. I, I remember the backlash when Heath Ledger was announced. Like right. that it was just crazy. Like people were so against that. And and what well, he did with that. I was one of them, role. by the way. <laughs> yeah. I was like, and, and that comes from someone who was a Heath Ledger fan. Yeah, I loved his work in Ten Things I Hate About You, A Knight's Tale, and stuff. And when he was cast, I was like, I don't see it. What the hell are you talking about? And as right. soon as I went into theater, I was like, uh, "Slap me! I'm so wrong at this." You know? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, but that's why I said it, it, it's hard to go off of like. We as comic book fans, we have what we picture a, a character to be in our head, right? But mm-hmm. it's never realistic because most of these characters we've only seen in cartoon form or in, or in a book form, you know? And it's like, it'll never truly live up to that. It, it, it's up to the director to make it as close to that, but as original as possible. And that's why I say, and I'm not going to get into this, but that's why I say, Clay, The Dark Knight for me was an original telling of batman and joker it wasn't an accurate telling of batman and Joker. <laughs> that's where my divide is you know okay um but uh Patrick, I, go, go ahead clay no no no. we'll we'll get into it on wednesday oh for I've, sure for sure yeah for sure <laughs> so so intense i have so much to break down for that i am coming to your thanksgiving dinner and i'm talking about batman i am i am just yeah <laughs> <laughs> first thing i say is mom he doesn't get a plate he's, he's not yeah. gonna watch it. it's, it's, it's weird um but he just gets water he that's gets, right no, rosie will get a plate from that's the map yeah yeah <laughs> uh patrick but to end this out uh your, your thoughts on this casting choice for, for supergirl um i'm okay with it actually um i i'm interested in it because you know what like yeah why why not you know flip the switch on this and you know like recast someone else and and i'm you know i like it's worked it's worked before in other movies and you know like you know again like you know the for the examples that you were just talking about you know like moon knight and you know like so on and so forth i mean you can name so many throughout the movies of the well hell the past 10 years you're like oh i wouldn't want that person to play this so yeah, I you know like I'm good with that, and is I like it because I I love I like the Supergirl character because I mean and again you know I am biased on the fact that you know like I feel that Supergirl has more depth than Superman, and you can expound on that a little bit more and you know she's less boring to me and <laughs> she is i mean like i'm, I'm just saying no you know, no, like, no it's uh, my my boyfriend would like love you because he thinks superman's just so boring <laughs> right well i mean like even watching legends on hbo max you know like you know like watching you know 
wa- watching the incarnation of you know the the amalgam the amalgamy of of uh luther and and superman you know it's just like oh you know what i'm okay with this because there's more depth to this character like there there's some inner strife here as opposed to just being you know just like this real vanilla like meh you know like you know i'm invincible except for this little green rock thing you know (laughs) so so yeah supergirl i i'm good with that so give me more supergirl all day long especially with with uh flashpoint coming in and having you know keaton and affleck and everyone else and seeing how this like comes together in you know in what should be a really cool melting pot of superhero-ness yeah i just made up a word all right, our last topic. <clears throat> Clay, I'm going to start with you. We um we just got word that uh, M- Marvel officially has the rights back to everybody else not named Daredevil from Netflix. <laughs> uh, so my question to you is going to be a thinker for you. Now okay. that they have the rights back, Iron Fist, Punisher, Jessica Jones. Give me three projects, not a solo of them, three projects you could see them introduced in. Oh man. Um, it's an excellent question. Um, he's like, why you do this to me? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. 1030 on a Friday night. Good grief. That is brutal. I mean, I feel like, I feel like they would be best introduced in a Disney plus, uh, series. Um, I don't know which one specifically, and I don't know that all three should be brought into the same one. Right. But I think that's your, that's your entry. And then that's the, the gateway to the, the cinematic universe. Right. Like. So before, before you drop out, I want to just give you my thoughts uh, to kind of give like context. So first iron fist painting a picture for you really quickly. Shang-Chi two. We yeah, and a I, big tournament. I, I couldn't remember the name right? of it. Yeah. In the trailer, we see Shang-Chi and whoever else getting ready for the tournament. And right yep. before the trailer ends, we hear the announcer go, in a new entrant, Danny Rand. And yeah. all we see is the, the green and yellow suit with the mask. And Danny Rand steps up. And he's, he's the new contestant of this tournament, right? Jessica Jones, this isn't an original deal for me, uh, uh, idea for me. We've heard rumors about it. Best place to introduce her is in She-Hulk. She-Hulk is a lawyer. Jessica Jones being a private uh, investigator goes okay. hand in hand. You could say that they've come across each other before. Yep. Um, Punisher is the one that I had the most fun with. I think you should introduce Punisher in Ghost Rider. When you do your Ghost Rider show, introduce him in that. Someone that he tries to do that stare against and it doesn't work. Like that's, the, that's one of the people it just doesn't have an effect on. Um, and, and then you get that real street gritty uh, darkness from the two of them teaming up maybe, right? For like an episode or two. And last but not least, Luke Cage. Personally, I think that Luke Cage should be saved for uh, a team up with Iron Fist and they just do a show together. I don't necessarily need to see them separately anymore. I'll, I'll take a Heroes for Hire. But if you did have to separate them, I wouldn't mind seeing Luke Cage cameo in a Spider-Man movie. Let me ask a question and then I'm going to go put my kids to bed. 
um, would you recast anybody from the Netflix series? I don't think maybe Iron Fist because I think you you can have a significant upgrade from it. Everyone else, I think the characters are now just part of their DNA. It's yeah. hard to move on from John. It's hard to move on from Kristen Ritter. Um, I even say it's hard to move on from Mike Coulter. Mike Coulter uh, did put his stamp on on Luke Cage. You know, I did yep. think they were the writing was a bit corny at times. Like no one talks like that, especially from our culture. No one talks like that. That was very much the jive turkey kind of lingo they had for that show. Um, but yeah, to me, I think Danny Rand is the only one exp- you know expendable to where you're just like I could do better. I could do better. Um, but all right, thank you so much for joining Excellent. me. Mike. Thank you. Thanks so for much. having me. Good to Absolutely. see you all. Absolutely. Be well. Um, next up, I'll go to you, uh, Patrick. Um, same question. Uh, where do you see some of these characters being introduced in the MCU? You know, I, I think we can maybe do a Defender spinoff ish. I, I don't know how. Now, now, granted, I, I was never a comic book guy. So, like, I don't understand. I don't understand the whole dynamics and all the different incarnations and whatnot. Um, I, I think that they could redo the Defenders a little bit better, but have, have a lead-in with maybe some kind of team-up series or something along those, along those lines with with those characters um you know i i don't i like rumor has it mike coulter was not a fan of playing luke cage um but you know like if he reprises his role then you know that would be great because i thought he nailed it as luke cage but i mean like i think mike coulter would be best teamed up with jessica jones like, like the two of them can just like tear ass all over the place, right? And I'm sorry, I uh, so, yeah, laugh. yeah. Well, <laughs> considering the context, yeah, phrasing, my bad. Uh, <laughs> I wasn't they can do say, that too. Yeah, yeah, I was gonna yeah. let you rock out. I wasn't gonna say, yeah, totally forgot about season one of Jessica Jones. That's my yeah. bad. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, like, you know. Iron Fist and Punisher, you know, like that, that would be, I think that would be a cool dynamic. And the fact that, you know, like with Danny Rand being, you know, like taking the Zen perspective and, you know, and then, you know, like the Punisher side of, you know, like I'm just going to kill everybody, you know, without question. I, I would love to see that dynamic between the two of them. Though I think that would be a, I think that would be a very interesting give and take if written properly. Yeah, if, if that is true about Mike Coulter, I have a perfect replacement for him. Um, so I'm not too concerned with that. But, I, I, I you know, I, I'd like it if he came back. But if not, I'd be okay. Um, who, who would you pick to replace him? Uh, do you remember the Sandra Bullock uh, movie where you, you couldn't open your eyes or, like, the, the monster would come and kill you? Oh, the Apple Plus one? No. no uh, the, um, what would you say, Dom? Bird Box. Yes. Do you remember the black dude from Bird Box that was trying to help her escape and then yeah, sacrifice yeah. himself? I'd take that guy. That guy could put on some muscle and be a great Luke Cage. Um, so yeah, I, I'll send you. I, I'll send you guys a photo. Yeah, send me a picture. Yeah, um, but I'll be completely fine with that guy. I think he'd be. 
He's a little short, but to me, you can you can make it work. Yeah, you. Can I mean, Luke Cage is Luke Cage. It doesn't matter how big you are. Yeah, I mean, you got to be brolic, but you don't have to be tall and brolic. You, but yeah, you exactly. Sure. Um, but Tia, where where do you think we could see uh, some of these characters pop into the MCU? Just put John Bernthal as the Punisher in everything. <laughs> I saw someone actually point out Armor Wars, and I think that would be really cool just to see him interact with Don Cheadle. I love the idea of that. Um, I also have seen the past people say Blade, because that's supposed to be gritty and everything. And you know, Punisher just does well in a gritty sort of environment. Or Ghost Rider as well would be amazing. I mean, I'm not opposed to any of that. That would be so cool. I always wanted to see John Bernthal's Punisher meet Kristen Ritter's, um, you know, Jessica Jones. Yeah. It would just be such a great thing. Or even, you know, I always thought it would be such a cool dynamic to see Punisher meet Luke Cage. You know, Luke Cage has such a problem in Defenders with Danny Rand about to beat up these kids who are just, you know, trying to make money to survive, even though they were doing nefarious things. Whereas Punisher is so black and white with his punishment. It's like, oh, you do this, you deserve to die. It's like, I would love to see them have the discourse um, as opposed to even Luke and Danny. But um, Danny Ren, I like your idea. You know, a Shang-Chi too would be awesome. You know, I I'm not opposed to anything you guys said. I don't think I thought as deep with them as I did with John Bernthal, obviously. And I would love if John Bernthal's Punisher could reunite with Charlie Cox's Daredevil, because I will always hang on to that one line at the end of Daredevil season two when he goes, see you around red. And I'm like, and they never saw each other around. <laughs> what are you talking about? Never again. It, 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 never it's, again. All, it's always the weirdest thing. They all live in the same state. And it's like, I'll see you around. In the same city. Not the same state, in the same, same city. city. Yeah. <laughs> all in the it same makes city. No that's why no, it's but, um, confusing it's like man danny Rand's really getting his ass beat it'd be great if daredevil would pop up it's like nah well, he's happened to be out of town that day like not to go too deeply but again that always bothered me in daredevil season three when karen is getting chased by bullseye and she calls her dad out of all people why didn't you call frank castle he would have been there before you even finished your sentence frank someone's trying to kill he'd be there who do I have to murder? And it's right. like, oh, you he got just here start really shooting. Quickly. He wouldn't even ask. He yeah. Just start shooting. It's like Frank, those those weren't the guys. That <laughs> Frank, guy? that was an <laughs> infant, mate. Come on. What it's the like, hell? It's like, oh, I'm sorry. I was just unloading the clip. My bad. <laughs> it's right? like I heard that Karen, Karen getting hurt. <laughs> right? like, oh, I saw red. That, that that's all that happened. Um, but yeah, I'm really stuck on that Danny Rand appearing in, in Shang-Chi too. Like now I need Well, it just makes sense. You know, you have someone who is supposed to be an expert in martial arts and you have another person who's supposed to be an expert in martial arts. So it just kind of makes sense for the two of them to be in the same movie together. And so let me, let me ask this. Do you, do you recast him then? If, if he's going to be in Shang-Chi too? In general, I would say recast only because Finn Jones was the you know no disrespect, but Finn right. Jones was the weakest the out of all of the all the disrespect the weakest out of all the defenders you know and I wouldn't right. necessarily mind. Um, you just you have someone who's supposed to be an expert in martial arts, 
And at no point was it convincing him going up against Daredevil that he would defeat Daredevil. I'm like, man, Matt Murdock was going to lay him out. Like, what are you talking about? (laughs) Right, right, right. Again, all problematic of director. That first Iron uh, Iron Fist season was just god awful. Iron Fist. Yeah, the second one wasn't bad. The second one was really enjoyable. And it finally gave me what I've been waiting for for god forever light both those hands up he does not only have just the one hand light them both <laughs> i want to say so one thing i want to yeah. say one thing before you move to dom and just say my piece before when you're saying like people getting greedy right and we shouldn't get greedy i will admit the small part of me that's greedy is like i'd love to see tom pelfrey come back as lord meacham in some sort of <laughs> even though it would never happen i still <laughs> that's, that's, that's that's pretty much extremely uh, let me not say that anything's possible i don't know i can't even say that that's that's unlikely who knows who knows um but uh dom where would you like to see these characters be uh introduced in the mcu um i don't know exactly i'd like to see them introduced i know there's some like aesthetic i'd like to see um with with like this multiverse being opened up and whatnot i'd like to see i think it was called um like the Dark Rain, maybe it was like Punisher, Ghost Rider, and Wolverine. I'd love to see that. Um, and then, oh, that'd be awesome. and then with possibly if we get Mephisto, that means you get think people like Blackheart, which is who they were going against. You know, um, I'd like to see um, Luke Cage and Falcon and Black Panther team up in some kind of. Uh, you trying to get an NWA of yeah? You got Blade in there too, um, and uh, and the Jessica Jones when she hoped that's kind of what I was going to. I had I think I probably read it somewhere too, and I was like, oh, that makes a lot of sense. Right. Um, and that's just a great way to bring back the character. So you got two like two badass girls that'll beat ass if they need to. Like you, you know, <laughs> you know when we get that trailer for She Hulk, if this is true. We'll just get a line. We won't see anyone. We'll just get a line of like, um, you know, like I, I have to find someone. And it's like, I got, I know the best PI in, in the state, you know? And then right. we'll know like, all right. <laughs> all right, okay. I know she's going with this. Um, but I mean, again, the reason why it's really hard if they are bringing these characters in and they're continuing them is, Jessica Jones, remember, that ended with her looking to leave New York City. Um, so it's like, if she's still in New York City, I at least need the dialogue of why she's still in New York City. Um, you know, Iron Fist, he wasn't even in America when that show ended. How is he back here? You know what I'm saying? So it's, it's, it's a lot of different moving parts that I would need you to explain. Um, I mean, unless, you know, I had saw that they were going to do like soft reboots you know, be like, oh, here's the same actor playing the same character, but not necessarily. But I, I, I know it doesn't like make a whole. It's like you could easily, sit. in reality, their stories, if you kept them, have no effect on the MCU whatsoever. None. Like none. none. Right. So you can just keep them. Yeah. But you know, I, I don't freaking know. <laughs> you know, Foggy, Foggy's like, did I write that? No. All right, then it's gone. Don't, don't worry about it. Jeff well, Loeb? I, <laughs> no, who? <laughs> like who? Who? Yeah. Like all I think is the, the uh from from Guardians. Guardians. <laughs> right. Well, and I love and that guy. <laughs> you know, and and what you know, like, and to your point, Tia is you know, like Netflix has set them up 
you know, like they, they, at first I kind of coincided with the events of the MCU and whatnot, and then they faded away from it and just made them standalone. But now that they have the rights back, I think, I think now that we are in a great position to where we can, you know, like keep, you know, your boy, Johnny B and, you know, and, uh, well, hopefully one day, you know, you know, Charlie Cox, but, you know, Kristen Ritter, um, and, uh, Mike Coulter, Mike Coulter. Thank you. That, you know, like now that they, they can, they can, that character character can serve a bigger role within the MCU. If it be a Disney plus series, if it be, you know, an MC, you know, like, you know, like a, an actual movie, you know, I mean, it, it, reboot defenders. What about, you know, what about Inhumans? What about, you know, like so many different things. So like now that they have the rights to them, I mean, like the, the possibilities are limitless for them now. Yeah. I, I mean, mean, hell, I would... I'm sorry. No, 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 go ahead. I know that they probably wouldn't do it because, you know, didn't have, like, you know, the... But we loved Hellstrom. I wouldn't even mind if they decided to, like, bring them back. I thought the actors were great, you know? I was really upset when it got canceled because I was like, there's no reason for you to really have canceled. It could have lived in its separate little world, but it, you-, you could have him and the Punisher and Blade and Ghost Rider, all these gritty ass characters and one. I mean, what's the problem? <laughs> I'll say this right now to you. I was watching WandaVision last night. We're not going to go into WandaVision because that's what tomorrow is and, and we're getting out of here. Um, <laughs> legit, when we saw her go to that basement, like I saw a whole bunch of people texting me and they were like, Yo, Doctor Strange is—he's gonna come and he's—he's he's gonna try to sort out all this mess. I'm like, that's not who you call. They're like, who do you call? I'm like, Hellstrom. Hellstrom will walk. <laughs> is there witches? I got it. Don't worry. I'm gonna kill these witches. I got it. Um, so like that's the first just thing great. that popped in my head. I was just like, if he just popped up and was just like, witches? I specialize in that. I'd be like, yeah, I don't need Doctor Strange. Um, but yeah, I just want to see these characters come back. However, Feige decides to do it. We will know officially if Charlie Cox is in Spider-Man. That'd be the first domino to fall. Isn't yeah, there, if, that, uh, if that rumor comes true, then we know. Sorry, yeah, no, go ahead. Right. Isn't there wasn't there some kind of rumor uh, today of like um, Chloe Bennett and uh, Clark Gregg yep. coming back? Yep. So, mm-hmm. That would be awesome. It's loose. It's very the, uh, loose. It's very yeah, loose. Yeah, and I, I know in one of the animated series, I mean Iron Fist is like basically part of Shield. So I don't know if you kind of do that kind of thing. <laughs> um, but well, no, first those... of all, Shield doesn't exist anymore. Right, 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 right. But I mean, I get, in some capacity, I, I'm sure with those two, depending on how they do, if they do it, if it's the real thing, that there'll be some kind of covert operative closet group. I, I'll of, say this: the only the only reason I don't want Clark Gregg back is I kind of would like Jimmy Woo to take that that spot yeah, too, that spot too. of his character you know yeah have jimmy woo join join sword and be that kind of figure for them um you know because that's that's kind of what he seemed like in wandavision like yeah. he's absorbing that like at some point right. fury will go ah, fbi is too small for you come up here you know i'll you say i'll say one last thing i don't know that like that's it but the great thing about like John Bernthal, Charlie Cox, right? Like they really Wait, well, want John Bernthal. You like John Bernthal? 
I'm just saying both of them really want to reprise their roles. John Bernthal has still said in interviews to today that he loves Punisher. We saw Charlie Cox, what, like last year, sitting there putting the helmet back on. You know, the great thing is that they want to do it. The thing that makes me iffy is that, uh, what was it, Dom or Clay, who said Mike Coulter not liking playing Luke Cage? I mean, oh, sorry, Patrick. Um, I mean, I hadn't heard that, but that kind of sucks. Um, and I had heard Christopher he Ritter nails say that. It. Yeah, right. I, I thought he was great. Um, and then Kristen Ritter had said that she was done playing the character. So to me, that like weirds me out when you have an actor who's like, I didn't really like playing them. I'm kind of done. But when you have actors who are like, I'm just sitting there by the phone, like a girl trying to get, you know, a prom date or something, you know, like that is like great, you know, then you know, they're going to bring it, but it makes me weary when you hear things like Mike Coulter not liking playing Luke well, Cage and, or Kristen and again, that, that, and again, that was just like one of those like weird, like scrolling blurb things yeah. that I heard, you know, I mean, it was just I, like, it, well, and, and that was one of those things that, like possible. it didn't, it didn't make any sense to me. So I was like, yo, cause he was perfect for the role. So I was just like, what, what the hell is this? So I, and honestly, I can't remember what the source was at this point, but yeah. But God, I hope it's not true because he is spot on. He was on so great. I, I love that. He was second amazing. Season. And I'll tell you one thing. I was listening to you guys talk about the first season of Luke Cage. I personally like the second season better. I'm going to just put it out there. I thought the second season was great just because of Mariah Stokes and freaking Bushmaster. I freaking loved both yeah. of them, you know? <laughs> well, all right, guys, we're going to get out of here on that note. That's, that's all we got. I could keep talking. Deep Vibes Live. Uh, picture that, me being the one saying, like, all right. Uh, <laughs> I uh, shan't hear of it. Right? But all right, guys, that's all we got for this episode of Geek Vibes Live. I want to thank KJ. I want to thank Patrick from Kind of Nerdy Girls, Kind of Nerdy Dudes, and Clay for joining us. You guys are amazing. Glad you guys could join on. Uh, give a shout out to Dom and Tia. You will be seeing all of our faces again tomorrow night on an all-new episode of <laughs> Marvel Cinematic Review. We will break down every inch of WandaVision, and trust me, you thought I fanboyed last week for that episode? Wait till you hear my thoughts on this week's episode. I am so scared. <laughs> <laughs> Just wait till you hear the rabbit hole I dive down. Uh, but thank you guys so much. Please make sure you are liking, subscribing, and commenting on everything we do. Share your thoughts. You agree with Tia, Ezra Miller should never act again. Let us know. <laughs> you guys... <laughs> You guys like the casting for Supergirl? Let us know. Share your thoughts, guys. Um, but till next time, peace. <laughs>